1: After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Everyone,
3: happy Friday Eve from the opening drive on 101 ESPN. It is seven o'clock. <laughs> Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. Oh, are we and we're and we're officially really licensed Rolex jewellers That's yes, well, It's Friday for Brooke you. Grimsley is here. It's Friday for yeah, me. Right. Yeah. yeah, I get to go to the doctor tomorrow.
4: <laughs> oh, <laughs>
3: so, how special is that? That's, yeah, it's going to be so fun. Super Bowl champ carrie Davis, Brook Grimsley, Randy Carricker. And uh, we got a lot coming your way today. We're going to talk to uh, Greg Amzinger of MLB Network. I wonder if he's got jet lag, if he's tired. You know, that happens sometimes when you take a trip and you come back. Uh, you, you you get the jet lag, and then you wind up losing a bunch of games. But oh. Greg doesn't play, so okay. he's, so he's going to have fine... And will be good tonight. To go. No yeah. jet lag, he'll but be we, good.
5: we might have to keep it to about 10 or 12 because uh, he's been
3: talking a lot. Yes, he has. Mm-hmm. And he had a great outfit, by the way. Did you guys see his outfit for the red carpet at uh, the... I did. I didn't. Yeah. See it. it was not typical Greg Amsinger. He was wearing the Backwards Mariners cap. Yeah, okay. he was up
6: just a minute ago.
3: Yeah, uh, looking good. We'll ask him about that. He looks
6: young and hip.
3: Well, and he's got a guy. He'll, he'll tell us a story. He's got a guy that does the outfit for him, and then. Greg doesn't know until he sees it. Until he's ready to put it on, he doesn't know what it is.
7: Mm, he trusts the what? Yeah, so
3: we'll we'll ask him about that. We're also on Champions Week. You're going to talk to Sammy Blay, member of the 2019 Stanley Cup champions. One of the reasons that Kerry had to tell me that. Uh, we were actually starting the show, which ordinarily does happen at seven o'clock. Uh, it's because I was saying, "Man, I wish I would have thought this earlier." But uh, there's this song, Sean Colvin, uh "Sonny Come Came Home," and Sonny came home yesterday. Okay, Oscar Sundqvist is. You is were over back. there
6: just jamming out to <laughs> some nineties. Yeah, songs. I
3: was thinking we should play this song, <laughs>
6: uh,
3: but we, yeah, we don't uh, we don't need to. But Sonny did come home, and we're going to talk about that in just. A, well, you know what? Let's hit on some things. Let's get things rolling. Uh, St. Louis City last night clean. Cheated by LAFC three 0 on it. the pitch in LA. Darn uh, it! They they put on the kits with every expectation of coming away with a victory for our side, but they could not in that match last night. They t- took the
8: pitch with a, with well intended uh, thoughts and just yeah. didn't didn't go well for them. No, didn't come
3: through. Uh, unfortunately, no. hey. can't win them all. Here's the thing though: no? CDSC has no. lost on the road to no. the other top teams in the <laughs> West. You know we are we being SC, are uh, the top team in the West. The other top two teams in the West, Seattle and LAFC, have both beaten, is that the right term? Uh, St. Louis City SC by scores of 3-0. All six of the goals were scored in the final 25 minutes of the two games. So that tells you that while... St. Louis City SC likes to wear down the opposition. The opposition, with their depth and their ability and their veteran nature, they have the ability to wear down St. Louis City SC, and it's going to happen now and then. But we're setting them up for playoff time. Yeah, you think maybe the travel and the fact that they
8: played, just played on Saturday, mm-hmm. that, that could have something to do with it. Maybe a little fatigue setting in there, uh, you know, going cross country, well, halfway cross country, and yeah. fatigue.
3: You know, jet lag, we just talked about it. It happens. It right? It does so happen. They're it does. fine. Still tops in the West, though.
6: That's what matters. Uh, Go
3: City. Yeah. And Matthew had an interesting point about this last night, too. Tim Parker sat this one out. Matthew, you were thinking that maybe this was. Very interesting point. Yeah. Maybe this was just a, a game where, okay. We hope we win, but we'd rather take our shot at a more sure thing later on in the week.
5: Yeah, I, I guess that could be the thought process because you got to enter Miami coming up, and despite the fact that all the messy stuff is around them, they are not it's a really good, messy. They are not a good team right now. Yeah, they're very messy right now. <laughs> um, they're not a good team right <laughs> now. So thing. you you need to get three points from them. You're playing LAFC. Everyone knew that was going to be a tough one. Getting out with a one point and a draw would have been a nice thing to do and so you give Parker the day off to maybe kind of solidify that back line and make sure you're you're winning that game in Miami and you and you roll the dice a little bit against one of the best teams in LAFC and it, and it, and it bites you late in the game
6: I so they're playing Miami it's, Sunday right or no uh, why 16th, am I saying, yeah the 16th yeah, Sunday yeah okay
3: yeah, what? yeah I,
6: I do think 15. that's been really yeah, intriguing yeah. do you think that they kind of change things when they know going to the week that you might have more important game I mean, weekend. yeah, you
5: have to. I mean, and this was their third, this is already their third match in eight days, so that's going to be that's four matches lot. in 12. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, this is when the depth has to step up, but at the same time, death has to step up in certain spots that you can't, you, you're usually not taking out. You know, you're not taking out Jabul Blom, you're not taking out yeah. Tim Parker, you're not taking out Roman Burkey. And so, when you have to take out one of those like tent pole players after already losing a Luvin and a Klaus, you know, you, It's only so much of the backbone of a team that you can lose before things aren't going to be 100%. And again, you went up against a team in LAFC who's very good, and the first two goals that broke the game open were perfect, like 100% perfectly played balls by LAFC. You get the one um, to leave over, over the top on... You know where you, where you break the back line on your side of the field, and then you get another one where they just beat you on the counterattack, and it's a perfect through ball right to the middle. Berkey can't do anything about it. You just got beat by two perfect plays. Sometimes you just got to tip your cap.
3: LAFC wins it over St. Louis City SC 3-0. We mentioned Oscar Sunquist back with the St. Louis Blues yesterday signing a one-year $775,000 contract. Chief has said before that Oscar Sunquist was his favorite player, the mm-hmm. engine of the Stanley Cup champions in 2019. So how big of a role did Chief have in bringing Sonny back?
5: Oh, yeah, definitely. He, he had a big role. You know, uh, having a coach uh, that, uh, that I had before and a good relationship with and, and and won a cup with, so uh,
9: he definitely had a big big role in, in, in that decision.
3: Great to see Sonny back, and that sort of fourth-line energy is something that the Blues desperately needed last year and needed for 23-24. I'm glad to see him back. If he's healthy, he's a big time difference maker.
6: And that was something that they were missing. That when you're looking at the pieces all come together, you're talking about the fourth line. That's a piece that you need going into the season. And Oscar Sundquist is a fan favorite for a lot of reasons. One, he loves the city so much. Mm -hmm. We've talked to him several times. He's a huge City SC fan. People have spotted him out at the tailgates and at the game. And he just loves everything about St. Louis. And also, the reason why Craig Bruby likes him so much, that physicality that he brings. How much did we miss that last season? And Oscar isn't afraid, as we've seen definitely during that Stanley Cup run, isn't afraid to go out there and hit a few guys.
8: The one thing I was listening to Jamie talk about the 200 foot game. That's one thing that we missed, you know, from those forwards at times last season. So you get a guy, a fourth liner that can bring energy, and if you're the one of the coach's favorite players, that that bodes well for you for mm-hmm. your career. You're gonna always more than likely have a job somewhere. So uh, hopefully he comes with that energy and and is uh, ready to ready to roll. What am I hearing?
3: I don't is that know. Mine
6: again? Might
3: right. be. Uh, I don't think. What I is heard. it? Are you hearing Sonny come home? You know, I don't know. I don't have. Are you mind. hearing music? No, I hear talking. It's us. It's the computer. It's Brooklyn.
6: That's yeah. <laughs> where we're, the, we're we're the voices we're doing, in we're your head. Yeah, yeah heads.
7: really.
3: That might be. Impossible. <laughs> <It's an awesome
7: laughs> Martin Kilcoin's
3: <laughs> interview on Fox Two getting national play this morning. I, I was tuned into MLB Network on Sirius XM, and. Jim Bowden says in reading between the lines and hearing from John Mozilla, like he said one thing that's perfectly clear to him as a GM is that Montgomery and Flaherty are gone, which is no surprise. One of the interesting things I took out of the interview, and it shouldn't surprise anybody, is the reaction that Mo had, the strong, strident reaction about Ali Marmol and his coaching staff.
4: Yeah, I don't think the coaches have any fault in this. Uh, you know, their hand at the players, it's, it's you know, unfortunately it didn't work. Um, but I think Ali and his, his group do a really good job. They work really hard and, um, you know, they continue to do that. But it, I think, you know, their level of frustration is probably as real as the fan base.
3: Well, the fan base, much of the fan base, wants accountability. Well, if, if you want accountability, that's it. Because he just said Ali Marmol and his staff have done nothing wrong. They've been handed the players. Who handed them the players? We know that it's John Mozalek. He doesn't have to say, I handed him the players. We know he handed them the players.
8: He he took accountability to a degree. He... I would have preferred to say yeah, it's not his fault, it's my fault. That that is full accountability. That's what Doug Armstrong did. That's when mm-hmm. you're when you're not placing blame on anyone but on yourself and saying, yeah, he didn't bring these players in, they've done a fantastic job. I brought these guys in. I thought that these guys were going to perform well and I have to fix it because everything starts at the top. And so yeah, there's some accountability. We but can infer accountability. Yeah, but you never want to infer. You want I want the I want 100 to know that this is
3: what it is and this is how you well, feel as well. And here's my question: If the coaching staff and the manager have been pristine, and he said they have done nothing wrong, the coaching staff and the manager have been pristine, and the team is 14 games under 500. Then what's the issue? Well, it is. The, it, he's saying that it's the players that the manager and coaching staff have been uh, handed. Well, then to me, the accountability should go right to the top. And I can accept a losing season, but you better fix it. You better fix it right now. Yes. And they've got the opportunity to do so. But the, first of all, I, I think it's ridiculous. You don't say that anybody has done nothing wrong. I mean, hell, I do things wrong. Well, and can
8: you really can if they're only doing what you're telling them to do? So, well, if, if you are, if I give you a playbook and I give you a sheet of paper and you go
3: one, two, three, all the way down to ten, one hundred percent. That's, but I told you to do that. That's not your fault. Well, one day you've got Ali Marmal saying we're going to have Wilson Contreras DH and play the outfield. The very next day, less than twenty four hours later, you've got John Mozeliak saying no, he's not going to play the outfield. Well, that was something he was told. And well, according to them, and if he's done nothing wrong, there was a meeting between Dusty Blake and Ali Marmol and John Moselak. They were all in this meeting in Contreras. So at least at the very least, he communicated poorly.
8: Maybe. I mean, there's that,
3: I guess. Not a fireable offense. No, no. But just he he said that they've been perfect, that they have done nothing wrong.
6: Well, and here's the thing. One, Moselak. I think it would be strange to what Kerry's saying, if he came out, because this is the coaching staff that he's moving forward with the rest of the season, right? So that would be, Yeah. I mean, he's not going to make any changes right now. I don't think he's going to do what the Yankees are doing, where they get rid of their hitting coach, and I, it doesn't seem like he's going to make any managerial change, coaching changes in the middle of the season. That would be very unusual. So uh, if he goes out there and says, yeah, you know, they haven't done a good job. They haven't really executed the plan that I handed to them. This is a roster. Yes, there might have been some pieces missing, but, you know, still we expected more out of this coaching staff. How do you think that Ali Marmol and the rest of the coaching staff would respond for the rest of the season? I don't
3: think they have, he has to say that, but, and maybe I just expect too much because I hear Doug Armstrong so much. And I think Doug Armstrong handles these perfectly. He well, says, it's, yeah, all, he takes- it's all of our fault. Yeah. It's mostly my fault, but it, it, it falls on all and, of us. And that's real. Yeah. Because every yeah. party
8: has to do their job to the best of their ability. If you're the general manager, Pobo, I have to get better players. If you're the manager, I have to put our players in a better situation. And if you're the players, I
3: got to play better when my opportunity is presented. Here's my biggest concern. I don't think the Cardinals recognize now, based on hearing this, interview that Martin Kilcoyne did a fabulous job with Mo, by the way. And I think you can see it at uh, at Fox 2 Now, right? Fox2Now.com I
5: think you've got the full uh, the whole Kilcoyne conversation.
3: I don't get the sense that Mo Zaylock particularly understands that the Cardinals have been caught and passed up by much of baseball. That's my biggest concern is that they think it's a fluke rather than they've been caught and passed up in terms of intellectually advancing their franchise. When you look at Some of the franchises that are at the top right now They're doing things in a different way They're doing things better than the Cardinals used to do When the Mm -hmm. Cardinals did it And my concern is that the Cardinals think We're still cutting edge here And this is a fluke And I don't think that's the case I think they've been passed up by a lot of franchises
6: And that's where the accountability needs to come in A little bit more, right? That's where it needs to come in a little bit more From the front office, from the Cardinals organization Where it says, okay, what what we've done Has maybe led to this point Because I think we could all agree What we're seeing this season is a culmination of a lot of things that have probably happened or taken place, moves made, people who've been let go, different things like that coming together, coming to a head this season. And so it's no wonder that you're starting to see some things kind of fall through the cracks or really be exposed in this organization. Things have to change. That's why we talk about bringing in those outside voices, somebody with a different perspective coming in. Because another thing that bothered me this season, he didn't say this, thankfully, because I think that he was very aware of the situation that they're in right now, Remember when they kept saying like, well, you know, the rest of the division, I hated that reliance or that feeling that the rest of the division was just going to somehow bottom up and the Cardinals were going to rise to the top. I really think that was part of their plan yeah. this season. And mm-hmm. They saw the other teams yeah. passing them within the division and they're like, no, no, this is, that's not real. That's not real. The Pirates, of course, they bottom out, but you know, this isn't real with what we're seeing with the other teams in the division. That reliance on the other teams in division bottoming out so that you can kind of rise to the top. Is that something that you think that they're building their roster with going into the season?
8: I think they. I think when you are, when you have been as good as the Cardinals have been for as long as they have, especially in this division, there is a. Uh, you become a little bit more comfortable knowing that these teams are who they are. Again, when we play the Cleveland Browns, we know <laughs> they're, they're yeah. the Cleveland Browns. At some point, they're going to brown. That, that's just <laughs> what they do. And so, when you're dealing with the Cincinnati Reds, when you're dealing with the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Chicago Cubs, you know, at some point, they're going to do what they always do. It just hasn't happened yet. This this is one yeah. of those seasons. The Cleveland Browns went went ten and six one year, and it was a shock to everyone. We were, yeah. oh, what the hell? This is a really good team. Derek Anderson's quarterback. It's a different team, but it it's not the norm. So normally they'll be. They'll be in the right spot, but the Cardinals have to do better internally in how they develop, how they evaluate, how they develop and what the product is that they put out on the field every day.
3: One other quick thing, and Brooke, you mentioned this before we came on the air about the injuries, the pitching injuries. Yes. The Braves have lost their top two starters for most of the season. Max Fried and Kyle Wright have been out for most of the season. They have the best record in the National League. Don't give me injuries, Hmm. all right? You were supposed to fix the injury issue. That was what you told us yesterday. We didn't really get, well, you told us, you didn't tell us yesterday. You said yesterday you couldn't do it. You told us during the warm-up that you didn't really engage with the depth that you should have engaged with. But the Braves are able to go out and get a guy named Bryce Elder, who's 11-2 with a 3.44. They, they bring him up from the system. Last year, of course, they had the rookie of the year, uh, Strider, I'm sorry, is 11-2 and two with a 3.44. Elder 7-2 with a 2.97. They still have Charlie Morton going, and Charlie Morton's kind of their version of Adam Wainwright, but he does have 17 starts this year. But they're bringing people up, and they are succeeding, and they didn't have to necessarily protect they're young pitching. So don't give me pitching injuries when I'm looking at Atlanta with their top two guys out.
6: And what, what I was referencing for anybody who wants to see that. So Fox 2 didn't put out the full interview. Martin Kilcoin on the, what is it, the Kilcoin conversation, yeah. right? Yeah. Put out the rest of the interview where Mosellot clearly talks about he brought up injuries several times mm-hmm. this season. And I said to Randy and to you, Carrie, during like light before the show started is, I think the only team that can really complain about that is the Yankees, honestly, where it completely you could say point to derailed a lot of the- their season I know that you didn't have O'Neill, but remember you had a log jam in the outfield position I mean several guys waiting and when it comes to pitching you pretty much are set with a what lot of guys had. other than Adam <laughs> Wainwright yeah, he's the only, only one who's been
3: hurt the only pitcher has yeah. been hurt yeah so I'm I'm with you there. All right. We're off and running here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line. For Sick of It, it's 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. Sick of It, next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the
1: Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: Matthew, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314 399 9646. 314 399. Yo ho! Come on, CD. three one Let's try it again 314 399 9646. 314 399. Yo ho! There's some enthusiasm in. Uh, guys, <laughs> LeBron says he's not retiring. LeBron, you don't have an announcement to say you're not retiring. You have an announcement to say you're retiring. I'm sick of you talking about <laughs> maybe I'll play, maybe I won't. You know what? When you're ready to not play anymore, tell us. Otherwise, just play. Eh,
6: that's it. There's a thought. I'm sure he does get asked quite a bit, though. Yeah, don't yeah. have to announce it. No? No one needs Tom to know? Tom Brady kind of did a little bit of the same thing, though, right? Yeah, he did.
3: Yeah, a little, another diva. Brandy. <laughs>
8: yep. You know what? I'm sick of. I'm sick of Cardinal fans complaining. I don't want to hear about Zach Gallon or Adolis <laughs> Garcia, rock, Randy or Rosarino Why do I have to? What? Why? Hey, you sound like a scorned ex. Like you're you're you you sound hurt. Who hurt you, bro? It's over. I don't hear you all complaining about Austin Gomber. You don't complain about Luke Weaver or Carson Kelly. You know why? Because you got pretty damn good players in return for those two for those guys, right? Yes. Quit complaining. Yep. Drink hey, yeah, hey. Cry. No one cares.
3: Stop no. crying. And if you are of an age to remember did you really want to give Willie McGee back and get Bob Sykes? See, Did
8: you yeah, really I want mean, to do you, that? You, this is the part of the business: you win some, you lose some, mm-hmm. but you live to play another day. And, and the Cardinals well, are—they're—they're they're here.
3: And nobody they're, wins every trade. No one.
8: No. And and Matthew Liberatore could potentially, maybe, somehow, one day—I don't know what that day, when that day will be—be be a number five starter. Maybe. He'll but one day, do something. Don't know when. I got you. We'll be waiting. But you know, hey, I, I Harris Montero. You hear anybody complaining about that? I don't hear anybody. I complaining
7: don't about either. That. <laughs> what the hell are we doing yeah, here? We got
3: we got twenty twenty hindsight. Here's the other thing. <laughs> if you're gonna take back. Along these lines, if you're going to take back the Ozuna trade, OK, man, I wish we had Gallon and Alcantara. Well, if you're going to take back the Ozuna trade, then you've got to take back the Goldschmidt and Arnauto trades. You can't just pick and it's choose not, what you like and what you don't. It's, it's, effect. Effect. it's the yeah.
8: butterfly effect.
3: You yeah. change one thing, you change everything. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Can I just say maybe one that we can keep and be sour about, Randy or Rosarena. I think that maybe that's one that you can get a pass on. I will still never exactly understand that one. I can understand fans' frustrations with that one.
3: I thought it was really interesting the other night. And the fans' frustration, by the way, on the night of that trade in 2020 or 2021, whenever it was made, 2020, Uh, January Of 2020, the fans' frustration—they couldn't believe that the Cardinals traded away Jose Martinez.
6: Oh, I remember it. Yeah, everybody loved Jose Martinez. Everyone loved him. But my my point is—and then
3: the other one, other note, like was said the other night by former Major League general managers on MLB Network during the draft when that trade was made, nobody could believe that Tampa Bay would give up Matthew Libertor. Yeah, everybody thought uh, Randy Rosarena was the ultimate afterthought in that trade.
6: Yeah. Well, you're going to, you'll definitely get some texts. I knew that he was great. They yeah. didn't give him a chance. But they. I think in hindsight, my frustration is it continues with, are we fully evaluating certain players? We're talking about Latin players yesterday. That's where I can understand fans getting upset because you could argue for the rest of time that he wasn't given enough of an opportunity Absolutely. or enough of a chance to be looked at. Absolutely. Uh, you know what, guys? I think the, the thing that I am sick of, because I keep on refreshing over and over again, I am sick of not knowing if DeAndre Hopkins is going to sign with the freaking Titans or not. <laughs> and there's somebody in this room that has connections that can give me like a heads up if I'm getting my hopes up for nothing. Brooke, I, got, I got you. Uh, he's not. I heard. There's there's heard he's the the in contract the contract. They, they, yeah, they gave right?
8: him a great offer, right? Yeah, they, they reported it, it was a, a better offer. He's just taking. Here, here's the thing. When you're a veteran player and have done, although I don't know why they do it now, because training camp is nothing like what I had to go through. What we had to go through, it was, you know, not three-hour practices, but it was a lot of hitting. Um, you know, sometimes guys, they, they're not in a rush to get to, to training camp. They just want to get to the season. You, and plus, you don't get paid in the off season. So mm-hmm. why in the hell do I need to do any work
3: yeah. during the off season. But he needs to. Prove he's you healthy. Need
8: to, you need, well, not healthy. He needs to, he, he would need to know, you know, learn the offense, learn the terminology, uh, get acquainted with the quarterback. Well, who, who's the quarterback
6: for
3: the Titans? Ryan Tannehill. Is okay. he not, is he not exciting? Uh, I don't know who the quarterback is this year. Text 6, uh, text three one four three nine 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 six four six. 999 Matthew, what
5: do you got? Uh, well, Carrie, <laughs> you might want to. You know, walk out of the studio and not listen to the rest of the segment. Yeah, if you don't like no. They talked angry. about
6: me too. It's I love fine. It. Oh no!
5: Oh yeah! I'll read this one first of all. I'm sick of your bad <laughs> grammar. Agreements that was popular in the 18th century. It's obscure, archaic, dead. Brooke, <laughs> what are the pronouns you use? You misusing compound subjects. The other day you said him and Goldschmidt. Really?
6: <laughs> oh my God! Touch grass, dude. <laughs>
5: Ooh, grab police
6: somebody somebody get this person a him and this person i don't know now i just want to keep saying things to piss this person <laughs> off
8: <laughs> you'll be okay three one four
5: sick of oh it God. the national baseball media assuming Arenado and goldie are gone it's just clickbait for their damn articles yeah, sick of it
3: yeah there's a much greater likelihood Arenado's not going anywhere and there's a much greater likelihood of Paul Goldschmidt signing an extension than not being a Cardinal. You think he's going to sign an extension? Yeah, I think that they're already working on it.
5: Mm.
8: How Actually, many I years? How much money. money? Probably
3: two years and probably... He's making 26, so I'd probably say 28, 30.
5: Okay. Man, man, terrible. I'm sick of people using speakerphone in public.
8: Oh. Oh. You listen, have you ever seen the videos where somebody's on the speakerphone and then someone next to them is answering the questions? It is hilarious. Like it 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 it, it makes the person on speakerphone so mad that someone would have the audacity to be in their con- <laughs> Bro, you're loud as hell. Yeah. Bro, we can hear everything. We can hear everything. I I, I think I'm going to do that one day. Someone on speakerphone Bro. talking loud. "Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Why are you?" Just just respond
5: to everything that <laughs> everything. they say
3: saying. Oh, it's beautiful.
5: I was, I was in my apartment complex the other day, and a guy's walking around on, on the sidewalk on, having a phone conversation. And instead of just putting the phone up to his ear, he's keeping yeah. it right here and having it to do his speaker. That's why I'm they like, make
8: headphones. Come on, my guy. Oh, there just you like, go.
5: Put the phone to your ear. Like, what do you What are you doing? Uh, sick of Moe and the Cardinals being content with competing with the worst division in baseball rather than the top teams in baseball. Well, Is the NL a, Central the worst division in baseball?
3: Uh, NL or AL Central, one of the two. Okay. No. Here's the thing, though. I did not do well in school, as you guys know. But one thing oh, I do you know is that St. Louis is in the central portion of the country. Okay. It would be very foolish on the part of Major League Baseball geographically to put the Cardinals in the West or the East. We are in the central part of the country, so why wouldn't you have the Cardinals in the National League Central? Yes.
8: I agree. I, I, I concur.
5: I understand. I didn't really hear. listen, you <laughs> say what you will about John Wasaloc. I don't I didn't I didn't hear a content no. version of John Wasalock in oh, the no. interview. Yeah. Uh, I'm sick of the Cardinal organization trading away top prospects.
3: Yeah, I am too. All right. And Montero, Mateo Gill, man, that <sighs> one still kills me. What are the chances yeah. that, that Magnur Sierra? What are the chances somebody who sent this in or something like it
5: also really wanted them to trade for Sean Murphy? Yeah.
8: I really like Magnur Sierra yeah. though. He I was he too. could roll.
3: He, he could yeah, he
8: was I, I was in he spring training. I was down
3: there one year when he was down there. Yeah, he could run, man. I, yeah, that was that was scary when they traded him. <laughs>
6: <laughs> what are you giggling about now?
3: <laughs> Andrew Young. How about, who's who's upset about Andrew Young? I am. I'm really up. Oh, I'm, I'm fired up about that. That was, that was one of the Randy, worst. I've
5: never gotten over Brett Wallace.
3: Oh, Brett Wallace. They are how fired about, up uh, over uh, here. Tony Losey. I, I'm, I'm really down on the moving Tony Losey because, well... He was a minor leaguer.
5: <laughs> we got two. We got somebody saying that they're still sick of the Yo-Ho, and they got somebody on the other side saying that they're sick of the people who are sick of the Yo-Ho. They say they've gotten addicted to it, yes.
7: and they deal so with us
3: every day. You are sick of 314 399 yo Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry about it. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, we need to get to Greg Amzinger. Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> uh, Greg Amzinger, MLB <laughs> Network, St. Louis native, a product of the Lindenwood Wood University, joins us next on 101 ESPN. The
7: smartest way to do it.
3: Gary Davis, Randy Carricker, and the best dressed man in television is Greg Amzinger of MLB network. A product of the Lindenwood university makes us all proud as a member of the LUPC, the Lindenwood university president's council. All of us Lindenwood grads are so proud of Greg and as St. Louisans, we're proud of Greg and Greg, uh, good morning. Loved the outfit on the red carpet the other day.
9: Oh, well, I, I really appreciate that. I, I apologize to your listeners because I sound like a frog with a bad smoking habit. <laughs> my my voice, my voice is shredded. And, you know, look, the, the, the league has been trying to get me back to, to do the home run derby in the stadium for four years. And I actually had a vocal cord problem because of doing the in-house scene of the derby. And I'm sure I annoyed everybody trying to watch it on ESPN. It sounded
3: great. I, I was listening I was for you.
9: screaming. I mean, there were so many exciting <laughs> moments. But if you give me a microphone and I have the power to, like, yell at 50,000 people, I mean, it was just so fun. I couldn't stop myself. So I'm always going to blow a vocal cord when I do that job. I'm going to lose it. Because it's just so much fun. I had a blast. I appreciate the kind words. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of a run like that, you do so many hours of television, you're kind, of, you kind of spent. So good thing I have a new show to do today. So I'll Absolutely. be going to the studio today. Yeah. We're, we're
3: looking forward to that. You need to tell Brooke about your guy who sets up your outfits for the red carpet.
9: So here's the deal, Brooke. I don't know what I'm going to wear until I open up the bag the morning of the red carpet show. So I because he knows I'll freak out when I look at it and then I'll try to talk him out of it. So (laughs) I have agreed. I've agreed with the deal with my guy that I just take the bag on a hanger. I won't open it. And this is from like top to bottom, everything, shoes, you name it. And I open it up the morning of and I'm like, oh, OK, I guess I'm wearing a hat on backwards. Today. I, guess I'm, I guess I'm doing this. I guess I'm wearing Gucci lopers with no socks. I guess I guess I'm wearing shorts. My knees are going to be on display today. I have no idea what I'm going to do because this guy gets my full trust.
6: So you don't give him any direction. He just he gets to run with the vision. No,
9: he sits down with me and he's like, okay, so where are we going? Like, he's not a baseball fan. And I, and I tell him, okay, we're going to Seattle. He's like, so what's interesting about Seattle? I'm like, well, it's kind of a city stuck in the 90s. I mean, I love Nirvana, I love, like, you know, uh, Alice and Shane's. And he's like, okay, what about baseball? I go, well, the, the sport wouldn't be there if it wasn't for Ken Griffey Jr. And he's got a little laptop and he's Googling Ken Griffey Jr. in front of me. And I'm like, he's kind of like the GOAT. I go imagine Michael Jordan playing baseball in Seattle. That's what they had in the nineties. I mean, that's Ken Griffey Jr. So he sort of created this whole look as like a, paying an homage to the best player in Seattle history. And I dug it. I thought it was a cool, uh, a cool angle. Um, I, I mean, look, I, I pay for all this stuff. So when I saw, when I saw that I had seven hundred dollars shoes, I was like, what there are shoes that are seven hundred dollars? My daughter's like, oh, my gosh, they are Alexander McQueen's dad. You're going to look like you're going to look like the players. This is amazing. I'm like, they're white sneakers. Why did I just pay $700? Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. (laughs) I'm so old now. Clearly, I'm old if I'm complaining. I remember when my mom complained about Reebok pumps. Being $80. $80.
6: <laughs> well, Greg, I you look.
9: It's crazy.
6: You definitely look stylish out there. This morning, we've been talking, obviously, a lot about John Mozeliak's comments that he had with Martin Kilcoin and a lot about how they're going to approach the trade deadline and even the offseason. You've been on the side for a while now of saying that you think that they should make a painful trade, a painful move, and parting with a player. But do you think that they'll make a bigger, bolder move at the trade deadline or? this off season,
9: So, real quick, you know, I watched the whole interview and I thought John Moselock was very candid and, um, you know, likeable. And I know everybody in St. Louis hates him right now, which is ridiculous, but whatever. Uh, so I'm on the red carpet and Nolan Aranato, who's really evolved in his fashion over the years. Like, he used to not care about it and he wore some terrible outfits. He admits that. He admits that. But he came on and he looked awesome and he comes up we're in commercial break and he goes, I need to give you a hug. And he gives me a hug <laughs> And he goes, I'm so sorry we're playing like trash. I go, (laughs) bro. Don't apologize to me, man. I'm like, you're playing great. I'm like, things can turn around. He's like, I just, I, I needed to tell you that. I, I'm really sorry. And then I know he gave an interview to John Heyman the day before where he said, look, it's a business. I've been traded before and I understand I can be traded again. And I, and I, look, I don't have, I'm not talking to anybody in the front office. I'm just using my common sense. I say what I feel. I don't say what I think. Cause I don't think about too much stuff. So I tell him on the air, I go, no, one, you're not getting traded, mm-hmm. don't, I know what you said to John Heyman. You're not getting traded. You and Goldschmidt are not getting traded. Now, will Jordan Montgomery get traded? I think he will. Will Jack Blair to get traded? I think he will. Paul DeYoung? Probably. Tyler O'Neill, Jordan Hicks. That group might get, might get shipped off. And I think that's what John Mozeliak was alluding to. But the core of the team is going to stay intact. Why? Because the core of the team is good enough to win the division next year. The core of the team is better than the core of every other team in the division. I know everyone's all over the Cincinnati Reds right now, but it's a game of adjustments. The, the Leonardo's of the world, the Paul Goldschmidt's of the world, they're on adjustment number 243. Ellie De La Cruz hasn't made one yet in his career. Matt McClain hasn't made one yet in his career. So we'll see how the Reds uh, perform going forward. But To assume that they're this juggernaut and they're going to hold the NL Central by the throat for the next five years, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. So I think I think John Mozeliak is going to make moves. He's going going to acquire young talent trade while the stock is pretty high on some of these guys but he's going to keep the core together he's going to spend money in free agency for starting pitching he's going to reimagine the bullpen and he's going to go try and get him next year i don't think this is a teardown don't think that it's going to be a teardown in st louis because it's not
8: with the names that you mentioned as, as potential trade pieces does that mean that the cardinals are punting on this season and, and just focusing on 2024
9: Well, I mean, you're up against it, right? Mm -hmm. You you essentially have until the trade deadline to determine whether or not you can make a run. And when you're 11 and a half games out of the division, 11 and a half games out of the wild card, we've seen it before. Cardinals have done it before. I mean, 2011, what were they, seven and a half out September 1st? And they were able to squeak their way in and we know what happened in the postseason. So anything can happen. I think every game matters. And this is my favorite time of the year right now, right after the All-Star break. Because with expanded postseason, you have to make a decision. Are you going to try to get in? And the way I look at the Cardinals is they clearly have to look themselves in the mirror and recognize they don't have enough pitching. Even if a miracle happened and they were able to get, they don't have the pitching to win the World Series. So why would you buy buy talent? Why would you trade away young talent for Lucas Giolito? and Lance Lynn, to put them in your rotation, when you know that isn't going to help you win the World Series. There are teams like the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, They could win the division. That's great. Are they going to be buyers? No matter what they buy, they're not good enough to win the World Series. A lot of teams have to have some soul-searching right now, including the St. Louis Cardinals.
3: Greg, how do you like the Cardinals' first-round pick, Chase Davis, out of Arizona?
9: He had the best swing in the entire draft best swing in the entire draft. And I got a chance to meet him at the combine, talk to him the night of the draft. This kid's a star, man. Carlos Gonzalez reached out to him cargo who had one of the prettiest swings of all time. And it was like reminiscent of Ken grippy jr. And said, yo, you're better than I was at the same age. And this kid is a stud. I, I-, I thought it was just amazing draft class for the St. Louis Cardinals. You didn't wait till I think round 11 for them to pick a high school player. It's pretty much all college players. And this is what they want. They, they clearly had a vision for this draft class. They want guys that are safe picks, that are, that, that many of them could contribute at the next level. And I, at the top, Chase Davis is, uh, I did not understand. Harold Reynolds and I have always seen eye to eye when it comes to drafts, okay? We're, we don't follow this stuff year-round. We kind of parachute in for the actual draft. And we've had arguments with the gurus, the guys that know this. They, they do it for a living every single day. I remember Harold and I, meeting Aaron judge at studio 42. And we're like, we're drafting this dude. Number one. And Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo do it every day. They giggled and they were a bit embarrassed for us. And Jonathan Mayo goes, I know he's big, but his power doesn't translate into games. So I was like, um, <laughs> I, I I, I think you can teach Aaron judge that. And Harold Brown's like, I'm taking him number one. And they're like, I get it. You guys are lost in how big he is. He's not the number one pick in the draft. I, I think we ended up being right on that one. I think Chase Davis should be a top five pick in this draft. Wow. That's how good Chase Davis is, and the Cardinals got him where they got him. So it was a great first-round pick for them.
6: Greg, do you have any bold predictions of a player that you think will break out during the second half of the season for the Cardinals?
9: I would like to see Lars Neubauer actually play the way everyone was hoping he would play before the season started. and And, and really solidify himself as part of the core. Uh, because as of right now, you know, he's playing well, but he's one, you know, Burleson hot streak away from not playing that much anymore. Because like I said last time I was on your show, this is going to be an AAU high school basketball tryout all the way to the end of the year. Who's part of the core? Who we hold on to? Who's going to go into spring training 2024 with a solidified job? And I hope Lars newpar kind of solidifies himself in the second half that he's standing next to Jordan Walker in the outfield guaranteed opening day next year, because while he's on base, is always strong. I think there's more in the tank. Great kid. We love the personality, but I would love my comp for him is my comp, And I think this is the ceiling that he could be. And you guys might disagree. I think a young Andy Vance, like, hmm. yeah, that's a good call. Hmm. That's a good call. Right. And yeah. I think that's what we, we need to see him take that step and get to that spot the st louis cardinals i'm rooting for lars newt bar
3: greg what nolan arenado is to you lars Newtbar is to brooke grimsley <laughs> she is the founder ceo treasurer assistant ceo of the lars newt bar fan club yes. she even has a name for the f- people in, in the fan club
6: uh, uh our name is are you ready for this Greg? because you're allowed to join nutty neuters of newt nation
3: wow the is fire
9: <laughs> <laughs> that is really well done I remember before the season started, Brooke and you were like, "Okay, give me your starting outfield." And I had Lars Newpar as the fourth outfielder. I think Brooke tried to hang up on me while I was <laughs> live on the air. I think she reached over and your producer caught her hand yeah. away from the phone because she wanted to hit click. <laughs> so I, I understand. I understand. We all have our favorites, and I, I am rooting for Lars Newport i I'll never forget he came up on the set World Baseball Classic. He's playing for Team Japan, and we're about to go live and, and Harold. Me, Harold, and Pedro are live on the air, and right before we go live, you know, we just get, we just assume all these kids or all these players are like comfortable being on TV. And he's, you know, obviously a huge personality, and he's looking around and he's smiling here. Here, I go, hey man, you all right? And he goes. I'm freaking out right now. I can't believe I'm on with you three guys. I can't believe I'm on with you three guys. I watch you all the time. And I'm like, man, I love this kid. He's so genuine. So, yeah, I understand why you're the president of the fan club. And I would love to be a member of the what is it again? You
6: Nutty neuters you? of Newt Nation.
9: Yeah, the, I want to be a nutty neuter of your nation for sure. Yes. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm waiting for my T-shirt, Brooke. I'm waiting for my
3: T-shirt. Uh, Greg Amzinger, two more things. Number one, before the season, you pick Tampa Bay as your World Series champions. We're at the All-Star break. You have a chance to revise the 2023 World Champions are
9: the Tampa Bay Rays will win the World Series. They're going to trade for Max Scherzer. And Max Scherzer is going to down. love. Everybody, write it down. He's going to love going to the Tampa Bay Rays, their front office ahead of the curb. And he's going to learn a lot. He wants to pitch until he's in his early 40s. And I think that is where he goes. I talked to Shane McClanahan during the home run derby, and he's feeling almost 100%. I think he's the most talented left-handed pitcher in the game. Glass now's back. They're going to get Rasmussen back. This is a team that's ready to win. Taj Bradley's a rookie that's very impressive. The bullpen is loaded. I still believe the Tampa Bay Rays with Randy Reyna, who is one of the great performers in our sport now, I
3: believe they win the World Series. Yeah, you just got everybody fired up here. And finally, a tweet from <laughs> St. Charles High School Activities. They say, please tell Greg Amsinger hello from the St. Charles High School.
9: Uh, you know, it's so great. I, I'm a proud pirate. And for years, when I would come on different radio shows, they'd be like, Greg Amsinger went to Duchenne High School. Greg <laughs> Amsinger went to St. Charles West High School. i like, no. No, I went to the St. Charles High School and Art Holiday and I are very proud of that because he was the other rock star that went there. And I was so enamored with the great Art Holiday and I text with him all the time and we follow their basketball, and football seasons and and baseball seasons. So we are proud alums of the St. Charles Fighting Pirates. Now, when I went there, I know I'm running out of time. When I went there, right before my freshman year, the school burnt down. So for four years I went to school at a trailer park, no lie. And now it's a beautiful building that I never really stepped foot in. So all the kids are enjoying what I did not enjoy back in the day. But yes, I'm a proud pirate.
3: Did you you didn't live in a trailer in at Lindenwood, did you? Uh I, I think
9: for like half the semester. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That was like the dark times of Littlewood University. Yeah. They cleaned that up. Yeah, it's beautiful now. It's, it's unbelievable. Ages, the dark ages. Going, yeah. yeah, going to Littlewood was like kind of uh, on campus going to Woodstock. It was like yeah. kind of weird for a while. <laughs> right. But, hey, it, more, but they cleaned that up. It's all good well, now. It's first class.
3: And more great things to come. Greg, it's always great to have you with us. Thanks for powering through with The Voice. Greatly appreciate it. Love you, and we'll talk to you soon. You guys are the best Take care Have a great week You too Greg Amzinger MLB Network You can see him on MLB tonight Coming up Get your text into the Air Comfort Service Text line 314 399 9646 314 Yo-ho We've got Take It or Leave It Coming your way You're
1: back to the Opening Drive Podcast On 101
3: ESPN
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers It's time for Take It or Leave It
0: Want to say something? Put it out there you can take it if you don't set it right back
2: get your text
1: in test 314-399-9646 and give us your
2: take it or leave it brought to you by gloria lou realty visit gloria has and start packing
1: that's my final author take it or leave it
3: all right are you guys conspiracy theorists like me not no, really. No. no. You know I am. Yes. He I is. Take it or leave oh it. Oh, my God. I, he yeah. is. You know yes. I am. Take it or leave it. That was an awesome DeMar Hamlin hologram last night Stop. on stage at oh the ESPN. Stop.
7: I'm going to leave I, it. i going to it That was really well. him. You
8: know how many people I had Maybe? asking me,
5: is this real? Is he? There's
7: tattoos And his tattoo
8: was on the other arm. It's not It's really him.
6: You're lying. Nobody. People were asking that? Yep. Oh, you People are Oh, my gosh. I am so tired you of said that. It. Oh,
5: man, not, you're not
7: wrong.
6: I, I get so tired of that <laughs> with not everything. Yes, maybe that's what I should have said. <laughs> I, I am so tired of people thinking everything is a conspiracy oh, theory. Have you guys followed that woman who was yelling at the plane, Rock? Do you know what I'm talking about? And how everybody that thinks man, that man back there is not real. Yeah, where oh, she's oh, like, that, that man nuts. is not real. That is the funniest. And she was clip hammered. People I've ever said seen they my saw her at the life. bar getting hammered, <laughs> and, and then you all the of a sudden on social media, everybody like where is she what did she see yes but no she one
5: she was drunk yes but no one yeah. saw her go to the bathroom and take the mushrooms yeah she uh, was, never, she was gone
6: like why are all of a sudden are we believing kooky people i have no idea uh, we well, have for a, are, a while oh nice. yeah all, all of a sudden yeah that's true <laughs> that <laughs> what, is uh, what I'm talking about social media just amplifies it how about that
8: that was an intriguing thing. I, I tell, you know where the phrase drink the Kool-Aid
5: comes from, Brooke?
8: Take or leave it. If you're on that plane, you're getting off. If she's screaming like that.
5: yeah, Carrie, there's an invisible guy in the back. Of course I'm going to get off the plane. I'm just
8: saying. like, <laughs> we, well, I, no, He wasn't invisible. He was standing right there. He was sitting there. He just she had said, a hood on.
6: What did she say? That he's not, yeah, he's not that real? He's, he's not, not real. He's not real. He, not real that man is not that real, not real. <laughs> that's what she said you think she
5: thought it was like a lizard person
6: yes okay. she yes. 100 okay. thought it was a lizard she person she's losing her damn mind awesome. I, and i cannot deal with that stuff i cannot <laughs> she, the lady was hammered probably took who knows what just let her get off oh. the plane i got places to go oh are you, you saying got, that somebody you got, so perhaps
3: she took hallucinogens
6: she took some. i would not be surprised yep
8: yeah. Uh, so, Randy, you made a, an interesting statement when we were in here earlier about the Cardinals' record going forward in the second half. Historically, no, no, no. Oh. You said that they would be twenty and five. Oh yeah, we're coming out on, of the break. Coming out yeah. of the break. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Take or leave it. They ain't gonna be twenty and five.
3: Okay, I'll take it. <laughs>
6: Really? But you did all those numbers. You did a lot of math. You did the math. You don't even I'm, like oh. math, but you did
8: a lot of math. You did the numbers. You broke down the series, how many games they would win, where they would win them, who they would win them against, and I just am going to push back. I'm going to nudge back just a little bit and say I'm second. allowed to be an idiot now and then. Aren't <laughs>
1: yeah.
6: you, you can be, but I don't, I, I'm going to pull.
8: I'm going to. Come on, brother. <laughs> don't go that far.
1: Hey, CD, hey, he, he
6: mathed really hard. He did math really hard and he, really he, well. He mathed hard. Now really we're going to get a text from the grammar police. Anyways. um <laughs> uh, take it or leave it. Have you guys heard of the Netflix series, The Quarterback? Have you guys started it? It just came I, out.
8: I haven't. I've heard of it. it, it. It's I have not really
6: seen good. So it? my take it or leave it. People are going to fall in love with Patrick Mahomes even more after this series because I watched a little bit of it last night. You're, uh, you're starting to understand him and who he is. And also, Brittany, his wife, is mm-hmm. in there. I think that this could also help with people liking her. But I just think that if you don't already like Patrick Mahomes, after you watched this series from the little bit that I've seen, you're going to love him now I'll or you're going to love him even more. He
3: just seems like a really cool guy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'll take it.
6: It's a really, it seems like it's going to be a really interesting series. And Marcus Mariota is in there, former Titan. Marcus I'm interested to Marioto. see how that goes. Can I get one
8: more? Yeah. yeah. Adley Rushman was uh, at the Home Run Derby. Mm-hmm. Father yeah. was pitching to him, Randy. Randy. Mm-hmm. I take it or leave it. That's one of the most awesome things to be to be able to do with your father. You're you're a professional athlete. Your dad is throwing you BP at the home run derby, and you're hitting home runs out of the ballpark.
3: Think about that. When he was five, his dad was in dad, the backyard throwing man, a BP, listen, right?
8: They, I, his dad, he, his dad probably cried. Uh, I would like, think so.
3: Yeah,
1: <laughs> my boy.
6: <laughs> my boy. Is this what you were laughing at, Rockio? Didn't
3: that happen for uh, Robert? Was it Cano or uh, who who won a few years ago? I
8: think it was. It, Might um, have been Canoe. Was it Canoe? I, I think it was Canoe.
3: Might have been film. Yeah. That's great. Uh, Rock, what do you got on the old text line? <laughs> I'm not going to read it. Don't worry. <laughs> just, just go
6: ahead and read it because I read it. Okay. I, just go um, ahead. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. I'm
5: sorry. I'm sorry. Take <laughs> a look Jamie Foxx passed away and that's his stunt double.
7: I just saw that. Yeah.
8: That, that, <laughs> that, that. Horrible. That, I mean, they think, listen. Terrible. You know what? We we have some strange people in the world. And and,
7: and, <laughs> and here's the thing.
5: Here's the thing. You know? We'll figure it out because there's no way his stunt double can sing, dance, um, act, and do comedy. Yes. There's no chance. There's zero wait, chance he can do all four. It's
6: conspiracy not his, theory. It's He's not always had double. doubles. Yeah. So that's how he was able He's, to do it.
8: It's not his stunt double, it's it's him. Yeah, Brooke's right. The comedy it, it's,
5: actor, it's all been different. It's oh! been
8: different Jamie Foxx's. That's how
6: he's been able to do all that. There's, wow. there's oh my you know, God. the singer clone. There's multiple clone. There's, Yes. Wow. wow. We just uncovered something. We, we well, speaking did. of that,
5: Brooke, this is a perfect one for you. <laughs> That's take it or leave it. New bar being traded will make Brooke more sad than when the Titans drafted will Levis.
6: I am pouting. Over I here. will. I am pouting. She doesn't even want to consider that I, possibility. I look, like, I look like Matthew Rocchio during the power play dance for the Blues That's, games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Just yeah, very yeah. grumpy. It, Bryce Harper yeah.
8: and his dad is what they're saying. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah.
6: Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I'm i going to take that. I Well, and Levis, maybe maybe he'll surprise me. There's some mm-hmm. There's some time with Will Evans. They're saying Malik
8: Willis is playing better than him right now.
6: Great. Everything's great.
8: Well, at least Malik (laughs) Willis is in his second year now. But he may not even have a job. Yeah, right.
6: Take it
5: or leave it. Golf tee times need to be spread out more. Nine minutes is good. You think? I
8: I don't. I don't. I don't agree. Because we had some older gentlemen playing in front of us. Mm -hmm. And by around hole 14, 15, the pace slowed. Yeah. Uh, drastically it was it was they were, they, but you they know what were, they're gonna
3: if you make it 12 minutes they're still gonna slow down yeah you know.
8: yeah I mean but you know nothing against those I mean they they're out there playing but they they just you could tell it started like, getting hard it was hard on me and I, you You were yeah. like oh, I'm tired as hell yeah <laughs> so yeah tough tough game
5: one final one take it leave cardinals finished no worse than third in the division oh well, I gotta take it don't I?
8: finish yeah because you said 20 and five I did coming out. I'm gonna I left Babe. out the 5-20 uh, and 20
3: after, but still. <laughs>
7: <laughs> Damn it. Gosh darn it.
3: <laughs> no, they don't finish. Okay, so that means they're going to finish. Oh, they're going to finish ahead of. The Brewers, this. the Reds, and the Cubs? Somebody explain to me how the Reds are good. I just cannot figure this out. It doesn't out. This make is like especially the with their starting the
6: pitching stats. It, it makes it's gonna, no it's sense.
3: It's going to. Eventually, they'll cool off. They're like one of the worst defensive teams. Maybe the worst defensive team. Their pitching is awful. They really... uh Aside from Daley Cruz, they they've got some really nice. Off- Spencer Steer is a nice player, they, but it's not like their offense is overwhelming. I just can't figure it out. When at all.
8: you get a superstar like that, though, it gives energy to the entire clubhouse. Like yeah. when you see a guy doing things that you've never seen before, and you've played the game for as long as a lot of those guys have played, they probably haven't seen a guy that can you know go in the hole and throw it as fast as he can from 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 shortstop or third base. He is he is electric and. Now he's still in first. I mean, still in second, third, and home, you know, at, during one at bat. Yep. That, you don't see those types of things. So that that will give you energy and
3: you'll be playing above yourself. You will think you're able to do some yeah. things you weren't able to do before. I'm with you. And Reds, Brewers, and Cubs, by the way. I'll finish ahead of the Cardinals. Yes.
6: I was going to say, I believe the Reds have also won more one-run games than the Cardinals. I think that's something. Well,
3: having the best closer helps. And Alexis Diaz is the best closer because his brothers hurt. So there you have Take It or Leave It on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Mo says everything the Cardinals do for the rest of this season is geared toward 2024. What should his top move be? That's next on 101 ESPN.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
1: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh
1: perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take.
2: Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app.
4: I think right now I can tell you that we're going to trade people. I just don't know if it's going to be like household names or, or more of guys that just aren't likely going to be here next year. And so, you know, it's, it's easy to talk about what we may or may not do at the moment, but we're not going to just like have like give away players, um, you know, we want to get some value in return. We want to get some return that's going to help us for 2024. And that's going to be really our focus as we enter the trading period.
3: I've been saying that for a while. It is 8.06 in St. Louis. Your time chick brought you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, Brooke, Carrie, Randy. I love the idea of the Cardinals gearing themselves towards next year. They did that at the end of the 1998 season. Mark McGuire had hit all the home runs, and they wind up trading Royce Clayton and Todd Stottlemyre and they get back darren oliver and uh fernando tatis and he helped them out kind of like what the blues did in making their moves to get the draft choices but at the same time picking up guys like varana and kapanen for next year i i think the cardinals are close enough so that they can build towards 2024 if they're going to make trades they need to get some young relievers a few years ago they traded luke void and they got Gallegos and chase and shreve back a couple of good young arms Uh, They traded Tommy Pham and got Cabrera back. You need to make those sorts of moves to fortify your bullpen. And if the Cardinals can do it by the trade deadline, you can buy and sell at the same time. I would not be averse to the Cardinals giving up some of their ute in exchange for a starting pitcher, a, a number one starting pitcher. And if you're going to look at the White Sox, the White Sox need offense. So do you include a Nolan Gorman in a trade? The the hardest thing to find for a team like the Cardinals right now is pitching. And especially because of your draft the other night, a, a solid, apparent left handed bat in Chase Davis, I would be inclined to move a left handed power bat if I could get. And I, I think Nolan Gorman's going to be great. But I I would move a left-handed power bat and make a move that I think is going to hurt to get a number 1 starting pitcher because the Cardinals are having trouble developing that guy and having trouble, when they have him, hanging on to that guy, a.k.a. Sandy Alcantara or Zach Allen.
6: And that's why I asked Greg earlier if he thought the Cardinals would make a bigger move or bolder move during the trade deadline or during the offseason because – I think the biggest target, we can all see that, and it seems like Mosealoc is in agreement that starting pitching is what you're going to need to get, and controllable starting pitching is something you're going to need to get. So what can you get in regards to that at the trade deadline? If that deal comes up with, say, a Dylan Cease, I believe that they would want pitching and they would want an everyday starter, a position player.
3: Yeah, and so the Cardinals need to overpay, right? They they need to overpay. We didn't know that they were overpaying when they made the Ozuna trade. But now they're going to have to make a trade where it's pretty obvious that they overpay to get that number one starter.
8: I don't know. I don't know that um, Nolan Gorman is the guy that I want to see leave. I mean, you that's probably who a team is going to want in return for a starting pitcher. And then when you look at the – the, we talked about Jack Flaherty and Jordan Montgomery. If you're trading those guys, you're probably not getting a starting pitcher in return because obviously that team needs more starting pitching depth. So those aren't guys that are going to, are, are going to give you a return of a starting pitcher. So you're looking at guys on the roster, uh, Paul DeYoung, DeYoung. Yeah. Uh, Nolan Gorman, mm-hmm. Tyler O'Neill, type those types of players. But how much can you get in return for them? I don't think Jordan Walker, Newt Bar, maybe, maybe someone that is is you're looking at as a potential mm-hmm. trade piece. Absolutely. As well. um, I just don't know how much you're gonna get in return. I think you'll probably get the most bang for your buck with a Nolan Gorman, but that's that's not a trade that I'm willing to make right now.
3: I don't love it, but man, I gotta have a number one. It
8: hurts. That yeah. one is I think that would be the one that would hurt the most because he has superstar potential. We were talking about him. I, I felt like he could be a top ten MVP candidate earlier this year, the way he was going. He cooled off, you know, a lot in June. But if he's hitting the way he was hitting earlier in the season, He's a dynamic baseball player. And there is no White
3: Sox fan that wants to move Dylan Cease either.
6: No, n- not at all. And I thought it was interesting, too, John Mosaylock said in the quotes, too, with Martin Kilcoin, He brought up the fact that I can tell you right now we're going to trade people. I just don't know if it's going to be a household name or guys who are re- who are likely, who are just not likely to be here next year. That can be a lot of things, because a lot of people, when you hear household names, who are you thinking about?
3: Two guys, right? Goldie and Aronado. Yeah.
6: But you could also say that Flaherty could be considered a household name And here, he's, and he's here part of the yeah, name that's not here next year. I think you're gonna have to make a painful move. It's mm-hmm. just my biggest thing is is it gonna happen by the trade deadline or is it gonna happen the off season?
3: And the question for Martin Kilcoyne to Bozelach, is everything on the table here?
4: Is everything on the table at this point? Oh, I think so. Um, You know, we know that that what we currently have isn't doing it. So, yeah, changes are going to have to happen.
3: So at the end of the day, changes, whether they be on the field with players or off the field with coaches, and I know that he said the coaches haven't done anything wrong, but the results certainly wouldn't lead one to believe that the coaches haven't done anything wrong, especially with the pitching staff, which... He talked about before the season being he said the bullpen had a chance to be great. He had ultimate confidence in Jack Flaherty. So when you look at the way the pitchers have performed relative to what he said he expected out of them, I would say there is some question about the way they've been coached up and perhaps game planned.
6: I th- I think that that's fair enough to be able to question that. And you hate making somebody a scapegoat, because I don't think that it is all on Dusty Blake. I think that it's the situation that he's in. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, even some of the pitchers that he's given or it's just maybe we should have seen a lot of this coming with the pitchers we assembled going into the season, especially with the starting rotation. I do believe and Greg mentioned this and Moselock said it as well. I hope that we can keep our core together and supplement properly. You do have to go get some starting pitching, and maybe you do have to make some adjust, adjustments this off season when it comes to your coaching staff with a Dusty Blake or adding somebody else with some more experience mm-hmm. in there. Why not?
8: Why not? I mean, we, we have already kind of decided that this season is is going to be, you know, it, it is it is what it is. You can add some depth to the uh, to the team by trading a few of the starting pitchers, why not go after someone in free agency? Really go after a guy Aaron Nola. Like that that could to, be yeah. the guy that you actually put money into and decide you're going to spend some money this offseason and actually pay what the the the, the going rate is for yeah. a starting pitcher in the National League in the Major League in Major League Baseball.
3: Because the Cardinals prefer because they work within the the confines of a budget to not pay but if you can't get a cease you can't get a glass now then you go out and overpay for a guy like aaron nola and there's going to be a lot of guys martin perez is going to be a free agent Mm -hmm. there's a club option i know lance lynn has been one of the worst starters in major league baseball this year but lance lynn is the sort of personality the cardinals need in their room and he's comfortable here uh you've got Urias from the Dodgers is going to be a free agent this year. You've got uh, Alex Wood, who's had uh, some good years. He's going to be a free agent. Carlos Carrasco of the Mets now. He's going to be 37 years old, so I don't know if you want to go there. Giolito is going to be a free agent. Sonny Gray, Blake Snell. All these names are going to be out there in free agency. Kyle Hendricks. They're going to be a lot of pitchers that are two, three, and four guys available in free agency. You've got to get your number one. But if you're the Cardinals, I think you need to get three veteran starters as your two, three, and four, and then have enough depth. If somebody is really good, then they're going to make the starting rotation. But you need to be able to perform and be healthy and be available if you're going to pitch for the 2024 St. Louis Cardinals.
6: Yes. Also, looking at the bullpen and specifically closers, do you think that they'll be able to keep Jordan Hicks and Ryan Helsley? Or do you think it's going to be moving one or the other?
3: Well, Helsley still has some control left. But Hicks... I think that's a move you need to find out what he wants before the trade deadline. You need to find out if you can afford him before you get to the trade deadline because you don't want to have an asset like that. You can get something for Jordan Hicks at the deadline because there's going to be postseason teams. Everybody's after bullpen arms at the deadline anyway, every contender. So if you can get it... an eighth or ninth inning guy, if you're a, a contender and you can get him on your roster, that would be somewhere where the Cardinals could get two or three young arms and build a shuttle for next year that they don't have this year.
8: I the, leave, see, Jordan Hicks and, and Nolan Gorman to me are, are pretty much the same in terms of superstar potential, you don't find guys that can throw that hard. Now, what Jordan Hicks needs to work on, obviously, is the control. Whenever he walks a batter, we can just count that as a run because it's going to come around and score. That's the only thing that concerns me, but when you talk about Jordan Hicks's ability—you, we heard Tommy Edman watching it from center field. Watched watching that ball move from all the way out there is difficult, and can, it, it's got—it's definitely much more difficult on a hitter that is much closer. So, I don't think you allow a player of that potential, of that 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 level of of. Athleticism and just how, how great he can be. I don't think you let that guy walk. Him and Nolan Gorman for me are two young players that I don't want to see leave this roster because I know that they can help this team going forward.
3: But Jordan Hicks might not want to be here. You got a free agent.
8: You, I understand. You gotta find a way to resign him though. You yeah. you gotta have that taken care of if you can before he hits the free agent market. You don't let you don't let talent like that walk out the door. Because those types of talent talents, again, Nolan Gorman, Jordan Hicks, those are the things that
3: come back and bite you in the butt. But you also can't pay him so much that you can't afford to get your starting pitcher. You you need, figure, the most you, important you. thing you have, Ryan hey. Nilsley was the best reliever in baseball This is last the
6: position year. they're in You're now. You're going yeah. to have yeah. to spend money.
8: That's part of the game. That's well, the part of the game that has passed the Cardinals by. When we're talking about mm-hmm. the division and, and them losing space, losing spots in the division, it's because they are unwilling to spend money. You're going to have to not, not spend money like the Mets, not spend money like the Padres, but you're going to have to spend more money than you are accustomed to to have a successful team, to keep the players in-house and not allow them to walk away.
3: But I think you also have to and the Mets and Padres are great examples of this, you have to spend for what the player is worth. I agree. And sometimes you got to yeah. pay a little more. Yeah. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, who's back in the playoffs first, the Cardinals or the Blues? It's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back
1: to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: The history of, of, of our decision making overall has been, been pretty good, and, and, and I think you know the, the best way to approach this is you know recognize that you do have a problem, admit it, and then try to find a solution. And you know we we understand that, and and I'm not trying to sit here with you right now and, and try to defend what we did and and blame other people. I, I know that, that we made mistakes, and we're going to try to get it right. That's John Muzilak.
3: And I have difficulty because that answer seems to be a dichotomy because first thing he says is the history of our decision making is pretty good. And then the second thing he (laughs) says is that you have to recognize that you have a problem. Well, if he's saying that the history of their decision making is pretty good, it appears to me that they don't really recognize that they have a problem.
8: And I guess my follow up question would be, what mistakes are you referring to when you say we've made some mistakes? What? What mistakes would you be referring to?
3: Every free agent signing over the last decade, except for Albert Pujols. Okay. Right? I think you can fairly and reasonably say that the decision, as it turns out, to trade a Rosarena for a Libertor was not good. Okay, I think that if you want to go twenty twenty hindsight, and I don't, but if you want to, a lot of people do, you could say that the Ozuna trade was bad. Mm-hmm. I, not many people were complaining about it the day it happened because Marcelo Ozuna was coming off such a magnificent yeah. season. But now that... It has happened. People have their retroactive belief that it never should have. And they also weren't thinking about the, the what was going on with the ball club at that time. But end of the day, you can say that that was a, a poor decision. When you talk about good decisions that the Cardinals have made, well, let's see. Uh, and by the way, I think we can fairly say Contreras was not that great. Sign, re, keeping uh, Mar- uh Yadier Molina around for his whole career was good. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt with Adam Wainwright from the time that he signed his 2014 contract until now. Good move. Uh, Letting Albert Pujols walk, good decision. You think? Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Without the DH in this league and with his feet problems, yeah, there's no way that he would have been productive here. Uh, Letting Colton Wong go, as it turns out, good decision. DeYoung signing, no, not a good decision. The trades for Goldschmidt and Arnado, fabulous yeah. decisions. I would say that there are probably more, and if you want to just go with the draft as a, an entire portfolio, the Cardinals have drafted very well. But I would say that they're probably 50-50 in terms of making great decisions, at best. And so would I think say that they, they need to recognize that there is a problem with their decision-making process a lot of times.
8: Would you say that 50-50 is... is... Uh, middle of the of the pack or, or better than most teams in the league? I would or, say or, that or that's worse. probably
3: middle of the pack. Okay. Some teams, they don't care. Like yeah. last year when the Reds traded Luis Castillo, that wound up being a good trade for them, but they shouldn't have traded Luis right. Castillo. They could have kept him around. When Pittsburgh traded Andrew McCutcheon and when they traded Glass now, uh, they shouldn't have traded those guys. You get Chris Archer? Bad decision, but good organizations make good decisions. The Tampa Bay Rays have made a ton of good decisions in signing all their players. The Atlanta Braves have made a ton of great decisions. The Dodgers, uh, the Dodgers that let Jordan Alvarez get away, but who else have the Dodgers let get away that you say, oh man, that's a devastating blow to our franchise? The, The Cardinals do have multiple guys that fans legitimately have complaints about,
6: and that's why I feel a little bit more comfortable though with them making a move at the trade deadline because a lot of the success that you talked about is happening via trade. Mm-hmm. Free agency is where I get concerned. Offseason is where I get concerned because of some of the recent transactions we've seen with bringing in free agents. Stephen Matz, I know that we're still not fully done with him, but you could also you could also argue are. that Wilson Contreras, you have Mike Leak, you have Brett Cecil. I mean, there's Andrew Miller. It goes down the line of some recent contracts via free agency that you can get concerned with. I feel a lot more comfortable how, with how they handle trades than free agency. Let's
3: add the Mark- Matt Carpenter extension in here. Okay. I you forgot know? about that one. Yeah. yeah. So that seemed to be somewhat of a waste of money as it turned out.
6: But there was Salsa... There's also well. a Salsa High. high. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Remember, is no, stores yeah, and everything? Yeah, let's
3: compare and contrast because the Blues, <laughs> they seem to be the, the opposite, right? When you look at giving up Yori Laterra for Braden Shen, when you look at what they gave up with uh, Sobotka and, and Berglund, now Grant and Tage Thompson is going to wind up being a good player, but you got a Stanley Cup out of Ryan O'Reilly. And then moving O'Reilly and Tarasenko apparently at the right time. The Blues' decision-making process has been pretty good i think you can argue that they probably should have given no move to petro but when you look at the the big picture i really do think the blues are in a better position to get back into a stanley cup final and win right now than the cardinals are to get to a world series and win
6: i don't know i still think the cardinals could have a better better chance if we're talking about who's going to get there first i still think the cardinals can i do believe i'm not happy with the starting rotation that we went into the season. But I'm going to agree with Moselock and Nolan Arenado that they're just a few pieces away from what they need to be a lot more competitive. I don't think that what we've seen this year is what these players are capable of. I think we all can agree that this roster should be playing better than it has been. That's what everybody's been saying, even the players. I think that they're just missing some pieces. And... This offseason, season just for the love of god please work yeah. on fundamentals going right. into the season
3: <laughs> four starters three relievers fundamentals and some grit some personality that 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 would help do, do you think that the blues are not going to make the playoffs this year
6: I think they could make the playoffs. I just believe more of what Tom Stillman said when he came in here that they might be not elite this season.
8: I think the Blues will be better as long as they decide to play defense.
3: As I sit here Co- collectively. In this chair at the home of the Blues 101 ESPN. I fully Oh gosh.
6: Believe. Are you gonna you're gonna throw that at me? <laughs> of course, of course, of course. it is payday and Randy is getting paid. I look that is nothing against the Blues. I'm being more of a realist in this situation. I want the Blues to be very successful. I think that what Doug Armstrong is building is not meant to win this next season. And I'm talking about Stanley Cup. I think it's good enough maybe to get you into the playoffs. But I think it's something that's going to build over the next few years. And luckily, you have a lot of young guys that he's building around where it's going to take a little bit.
3: It's unusual because both franchises are in similar spots, aren't they? And they need to look bigger picture because they both got a lot of kids with potential. And they both need to add some... Elements that they've had before, but they don't have now. And it's going to be hard for the Cardinals to add those four starting pitchers. They really do need to add four. And the Blues need to get that big, angular number one defenseman. So the most important things that you can have to win. Hockey, you need a goalie and you need a, a big number one defenseman. And in baseball, you need a number one and. Number two starting pitcher. And both they're franchises really are really hard to get. Lacking. Yeah. Those departments Let me ask you this. Right so you
6: feel comfortable with the Blues defense going into this season? If
3: they can get themselves a number one. You can win. We've seen it a million times. That's
6: a big I, ass. I I Who's feel going? More, well, oh. I feel
3: more comfortable because I think defense is more of
8: an effort issue. If those guys, you got a new coach in there that is hopefully is preaching the effort on. It's not a, it's just a will to do it for those forwards to get back. We saw pictures where there were three, four, they, they weren't back. It was two guys behind everybody. And so now if you have the effort and the energy and the will to do so, yeah. you don't have to be great.
3: Just willful. Just want to do it, and things, good things generally happen. In hockey, you can win with a system and not as much talent. In baseball, you can do it, but you have to play fundamental baseball, yeah. like David Eckstein was talking about yesterday. And I don't think the Cardinals have shown an inclination to really be pristine fundamentally here over the course of the last it few It can months.
6: change quickly. Remember how quickly oh. it changed?
3: Under Mike Schilt? Yes. It did. You're right. <sighs> Coming up, the fight on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the.
8: The opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight, and our fighter today is Josh. Josh, how you
9: doing? Doing pretty good, Kerry. Glad I didn't stay up for that City SC game last uh, night. Oh, yeah, that was race. a rough
8: one, huh? Not yeah, good. we watched the good half. Okay, there you That's go. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. He didn't know what happened until you woke up. All right, right, you ready to take on Randy Carricker? Yeah, let's try it. All right, here we go. Only three players have been named World Series MVP twice. Reggie Jackson, Bob Gibson, and which other player? Is it Sandy Koufax, Josh Beckett, or Madison Bumgarner?
9: Mad Bum's obviously tempting. Mm, I'm going to go Sandy Koufax.
6: Other than other than Lamar Jackson, who is the only other player to win the NFL's MVP award unanimously? Is it Ladanian Tomlinson, Peyton Manning, or Tom Brady?
9: Let's go. I'm going to go with Peyton.
8: Who owns the all-time Major League Baseball record for gold gloves at one spot with 18? Is it Brooks Robinson? Greg Maddox, or Yvonne Rodriguez?
9: 18. None of those names jumped out at me.
8: Can you say the first two again? Brooks Robinson, Greg Maddox, Yvonne Rodriguez. No, you said two. gave okay, you three. <laughs> yeah. I'll <laughs> with uh,
9: Brooks uh, Robinson.
6: Happy birthday to Yadier Molina. When Molina finished third in MVP voting in 2013, which other Cardinal joined him in the top five? Is it Matt Carpenter, Matt Holiday, or Adam Wainwright?
9: My mind immediately went to Holiday, so let's go with Matt Holiday.
5: All right, we'll double check that score and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Josh, how you feeling? I uh, just like about
8: everybody on this show, not very good. <laughs> okay, is this your first time going against Randy? No,
9: third time. Hoping third time's a charm.
8: All right. Well, we'll see how it goes. Randy is uh, walking in. He's eating a banana, as you all will oh. see here shortly on the on the YouTube. On
6: the tube. Oh, there he
8: is. There's a banana. There's a banana. His propel. <laughs> see, we don't make this stuff up. He's got his propel. Yep. He's got his banana. Black cherry. Blah. Oh,
3: no, 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 no. Oh, this is uh,
8: berry. Oh, berry. Oh. Now we're talking, Randy. All right. That black cherry. law. Oh, out of around. here! Not bad <laughs> Randy, say hello to Josh.
3: Josh, good morning. How you doing? Good morning, Randy. Glad to see you're making healthy choices. Um, well, at the moment, I am. <laughs> yeah, is I, that about as healthy as it gets? Is that is for that, me? Yeah. Because you told you me you can't yeah. get any healthier than that. <laughs> I turned a friend on to the uh, dark chocolate, uh, coconut, uh, almonds. Okay. Dark chocolate superfood, coconut <laughs> superfood, oh, almonds superfood. Uh, I don't, I don't. And so, uh, yeah, those are – that's probably the best they thing gotta, that I put they in they my body. They got a lot of
5: sugar in them. You got to stuff those in, like, blackberries. <laughs> you got to, like, stuff those in, like, raspberries or blackberries, get another superfood in there.
3: Oh, that's not a bad idea.
8: <laughs> All right, Randy, you ready to go? Ready. All right. Only three players have been named World Series MVP twice. Reggie mm-hmm. Jackson, Bob Gits- Gibson, and which other player?
3: Um, I think – the first name that came to mind was Yogi Berra, but I don't think he was around long enough to be around for World Series MVP. I think I'm going to go with Sandy Koufax here. Because I know he was great in the World Series. So I'll go with the, with the, the, the big old lefty, the elegant left-hander. The elegant left-hander Sandy Koufax.
6: Uh, ready for number two that's a good that's a good that's That's a good scully thank you Other, other than lamar jackson who is the only other player to win the nfl's mvp award unanimously
3: unanimous nfl mvp lamar and i will say that in one of his five times peyton manning pulled off that feat i'll go with peyton manning odds. Yeah, I mean, we won it five times, right? Who owns the all-time record for gold gloves
8: at one spot with 18?
3: 18 gold gloves. Okay, so uh, you have Brooksy Robinson over there. I don't think he won 18. Greg Maddox won a lot of gold gloves, but I, I don't think it was him. Kitty Cott. Jim Cott played a long time. So 18 gold gloves means you had to play a long time. I think this is just natural. So I'll do the lifeline here, CD. I was going to read the other one. (laughs) Brooks (laughs) Robinson. I was going to say LaDainian Thomas.
8: No, not him. Brooks Robinson, Greg Maddox, Yvonne Rodriguez. Oh, man.
3: Okay, it's not Pudge. I'll go with Greg Maddox. I'll go with Greg Maddox. Final answer. Yeah, one time, uh, Tory brought Rick Hummel and I, the great late great, great Rick Hummel, into the manager's office because managers and coaches used to vote on the the gold gloves. He said, "Who do you guys think should win the gold gloves?" And so I'm running through pictures, and he said, uh, and then Kamish says. Oh Maddox, and because Maddox was like twenty four and three with a one point nine three or ERA, they say, yeah, he's got to win the Gold Glove. <laughs> His defense made no difference, but he, he was pitching well. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll go with Greg Maddox, and I voted for him one time. Apparently, <laughs>
6: <laughs> all right, you ready? Ready. Happy birthday to Yadier Molina. When Molina finished third in MVP voting in twenty thirteen, which other Cardinal joined him in the top five?
10: Marp
3: Matt Carpenter with Marp. Uh, 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 he had 55 doubles that year. 55 doubles for Mark that year. He was good. And he kept doing that. He just kept
5: being a line drive hitter, right? And he, and he did that a lot in his career. Yeah,
3: people, <laughs> people started throwing 100 rather than the 94-mile-an-hour sinker. <laughs> he started throwing 100 in on the hands. And, and all of a sudden, you got to pull the ball a little bit. It's, try hitting the ball the other way. So try, go to a cage sometime and set the, the cage. Set Yeah, you can. You can go to a batting cage. Okay. Set, set the fastball in the highest setting you can okay and then get as close to the plate as you can and try to hit the ball the other way and see what happens
8: not not gonna not gonna have a lot of
3: success if you touch the ball (laughs) it's it's going right to the shortstop we kind of left that part out of it why can't he just hit the ball the other way okay well it's 100 in on his hands it makes Mm. it kind of difficult Launch angle, Randy, but launch, launch, angle, angle. launch angle, baby. What are we talking about? And here? he didn't wear
6: gloves either, right?
3: <laughs> no, I played with a golfer yesterday that wasn't wearing gloves. How weird is that?
8: I didn't oh. wear. I can't wear gloves. I, I realized when I put my glove on, I don't hit the ball well. I don't know oh, why. Interesting. Been, I, I get been, blisters. Yeah. Are
5: you the same yeah. way carrying the football. Oh, no. I don't wear gloves. I just want to to know. What type of savage do you think I am? I'm just just wondering. (laughs) I'm just wondering. So, with a lot of explanations. Your hands
6: are mitts themselves. (laughs) And and with some,
5: some long answers, did Megamind keep on rolling through this week, or was Josh able to throw a high, hard one on Megamind's hands inside and cause him to ground right out to the shortstop? Ring
3: that bell. The winner and still
1: champion of the fight, Randy Character.
2: The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis. With the most experienced club fitters in town, why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. That just happened.
5: Yeah, I'm sorry, Josh. He got you a score of 3-1 to today.
0: Yeah, I felt that coming. Mark <laughs> was my guy.
5: Yeah, Marv's Mar- the one that, ma- that makes it tricky at the end. That's the one that, that really sealed it for him. Uh, only three players have been named World Series MVP twice. Reggie Jackson, Bob Gibson, and Sandy Koufax. Other than Lamar Jackson, the only other player to win the NFL's MVP award unanimously was, in fact, Tom Brady when the Patriots went 18-1 and in that season. <laughs> Who owns the all-time MLB record for gold gloves at one spot with 18? Randy, apparently that conversation happened around baseball a number of times because Greg Maddox won eight Team yeah. Gold Gloves at the pitcher spot. Happy birthday to Yadier Molina! And when Molina finished third in MVP voting in 2013, Matt Carpenter joined him in the top five of that NL voting. Randy Carricker wins this fight three to one. Josh, thank you so much for joining the fight and joining the show today.
9: Yeah, thank you all. I'll get you next time, Randy. All right, thank you,
3: Josh. Good job, Josh. I agree. Get your popcorn, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, I'm glad that uh, Josh called in, and I will be prepared next time. There's there's no <laughs> doubt that I, well, you just have to be ready every time that you run into somebody like that. Right? So.
7: Don't stop
1: believing.
3: I love oh, the rationale we, from Randy. We, we no matter
7: what. Oh, it's too hot. Too hot. Too hot, lady. Feeling number
3: one. We're just going to roll all of them out. the there That's
7: we good go. Good job. Good job. And we're on to Cincinnati. Good job. Good effort.
3: <laughs> oh, come on. Now, you guys.
5: Why, why
8: oh, would I you love do that?
5: I loved that one. I, I just heard it for the first time the other day. Because Carrie likes to stir the pot. We know why. He likes to poke the bear. Come on, now. We know, you thing. know why Carrie likes that one. Good
3: Uh, coming up next to the bird watch on 101 espn
2: you're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn presented by dobbs tire and auto centers
1: we are flying down to the field to give you the latest on your st louis cardinals this is bird watch on the opening drive
2: and rainbows everything that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together Cardinals haven't played since Sunday, Sunday. so <laughs> it's all
3: <laughs> sunshine lollipops are these spirit wins that they've so been
6: issued
3: yes spirit wins I like that a lot yes absolutely
6: I can't take credit for it because Jim Hayes says that all the time that's a no. Jim Hayes-ism he tweets that Hayes out on off days okay, spirit yeah. uh,
3: okay so uh, sweep the Nationals two out of three <laughs> against the Marlins five and one then you go to Chicago for four. You win three out of four there. All of a sudden, you're eight and two. And then you get the D- Diamondbacks at Arizona. A little downtime for the Diamondbacks, so you take two out of three there. All of a sudden, you're 10 and three coming out of the break. You get Cubs at home, three out of four. Looking 11, good. 11 and four. 11 and four there. Uh, and then uh, get the Twins here, two out of three, 12, 13, and five. Sweep the Rockies, 14, 15, 16, and five. And then uh, this is a big one take two out of three against Tampa, at Tampa. So you're 18 and six, and then you sweep the Royals. So it's 20 and six that you're going to be. Anyway, here's the thing. One of the things that uh, we do on social media, when we are anonymous is we say really bad things about people. We say really mean things about people. Yeah. And we don't yeah. realize that sometimes the people that we're talking about have teenagers and they're on social media and they're mm-hmm. reading about their dad and how their dad is the worst and should be fired and things like that. And Martin Kilcoyne asked about whether or not a season like this wears on a Pobo like John Mozalock. This is sort of uncharted territory. How are you sort of wearing it?
4: Yeah, I don't think well. Um... You know, my wife would tell you I'm probably not as friendly at home, um, not sleeping very well. Um, yeah, it's tough.
3: So, in terms of, and our job is to talk about this. And obviously, that's why social media exists, so that we can have that level of venom in the world. We need to have that <laughs> venom somewhere, don't we? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does have an effect on people when their job, and I, I think Mo would tell you, I would hope he would tell you, that he hasn't done a good job of assembling this team this year, but when it's in such a public v- forum and people are so angry like they are in 2023, it is going to affect not only the person that is being attacked, but that person's family as well. And I know people are saying, well, don't take the job. He shouldn't have the job. <laughs> well, that's not it. I, if Here's what I would uh, challenge you to do is quit your job today.
8: Uh, or Or allow people to watch you do your job mm-hmm. and critique it. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean and see how well you like. I think when you have a job in in, you know, in the public li- in the public eye as, as John Mozeliak does and, and as all of professional athletes do, it's fair to criticize mm-hmm. the play or the performance. What you see is what you're criticizing. Now when you get to pinpointing or poking at things that are about the person or internally speaking ill of someone because you don't like them, then you're crossing the line but to to speak about someone's performance oh that was a really good play you did a great job because it goes both ways that was a great play you made up oh, you know what that was a terrible decision that you decided to do that why would you do that those are real things that that are that take place and so when you're you're in these positions that those are are expected to happen those things are expected to happen um you got to take the good with the bad again as long as people aren't crossing the line i think that's where where it can become a little bit frustrating for people like John Moselech or or professional athletes.
3: And I feel bad for some quote-unquote fans. Mm -hmm. Michelle often talked about the term confirmation bias, where the example of this is that you hate John Moselech and you think he's so terrible that you root against the Cardinals because you want to be validated, that you think your thoughts are, are valid. And it's a shame that people have to have that level of hatred for a person that they can remove their enjoyment of a team winning or a desire of a team winning. Yeah,
6: I agree. I, where it crosses the line is what we kind of talked about with Adam Wainwright, right? Where some mm-hmm. people were taking it yeah. way too far in a personal aspect I love sports, but I never think that it should di- dictate your entire life, your happiness, your joy. I can take in a game, and, as a Titans fan, I can take in a game or a season and be like, well, that sucks, I'm not going to let it ruin the rest of my life. I think that when you mar- start to make it a lot more personal, and where you let that one person just really get in the way of your happiness, maybe you need to evaluate some other mm-hmm. things. But you do have, the thing is, people do have a right to be frustrated and upset. It's the ones who take it too far. Yeah is where it starts to get a little hairy.
8: For me, we were talking trades earlier, so I'm going to give you some names and some potential. And again, we don't, you know, we're not trading anyone. We don't want anyone to be traded, but we understand that it is a business and people do move along. So you have Dylan Carlson. We have Juan Yepes, Alex Burleson, Tyler O'Neal. Who's been hurt? He's I mean, what's wrong with him?
3: I think he's got a, a back injury. How suit? long has he had that? About a lot of week back.
7: Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> I
6: gave you guys the look. The yeah, look. You
3: got yeah, Lars. On, we're, that look is on the YouTube, by yeah. the way.
8: You got Lars Newbar, Paul DeYoung, <laughs> Luke and Baker. Someone oh. that I think has been doing pretty well in the he's, he's been doing pretty we well. We already gave he's, him he's, a chance. He's came up. He's come up here. And where is he going to play? Is going to be the question for him. Then you have Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty. I got Jordan Hicks on my list, but I I think I'm going to. Matter of fact, I'm going to mm, scratch him scratch off him right off. now because yeah. I don't want to trade him. But those scratch are one, off, two, then. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players. What
7: did you say? It like that? <laughs> I don't have major
8: league noticeably oh, yeah. noticeably. I don't have um, Brendan Donovan, who Brooke is going to talk mm-hmm. about here. Uh, I don't have. Tommy Edmond, because I think he's shown his value. Those two have shown great value. But those nine players give you something that you can get in return. Now, the question, and I don't have Nolan Gorman on there, because him and Jordan Hicks are also of the same mindset for me. Those nine players could potentially give you something back in return. Now, are you going to get that elite starting ace pitcher with anybody on this list? I don't know that that's happening. So for me, your starting ace pitcher is gonna to have to come in free agency. And we talked about it during the break. It depends on how much the Cardinals are willing to spend. Sometimes if if you know if he's if if another team is offering 23 a year, you might have to go 25 if you feel like he is the guy for you. You're gonna to have to overpay in order to get the guy. And then that guy has to come here and perform. That's what it all boils mm-hmm. down to. I spend money on something, hopefully I get the the return on my investment for what I spent.
3: And ultimately, it's, I think we need to understand here that these young players that we're talking about, they're going to wind up being good for another team. So yes. you you just can't whine when it happens, when the Cardinals are trying to do something to make themselves yeah. a contender again for next year. You can't whine three years down the road when these players turn into stars because the Cardinals do a really good job of getting stars into their organization, getting star quality ability and then having it move on. We, we saw it in the All-Star game the other night. The Cardinals are really good at evaluating young talent, but then they have a tendency to not keep the right guys.
8: And on this list, I have five outfielders. Yeah. You got, I mean, you only have space for three of them, and you just drafted one in the first round a couple yeah. la- a couple of days ago. Yeah. So
3: you're going to have to figure okay. something out. By the way, I want to make, and I made this point before about a Rosarito, there was only one team interested in Randy Rosarena. The Cardinals didn't go out trying to trade Randy Rosarena. Tampa had been following him since he moved to Mexico from Cuba. Mm-hmm. They saw him right away, and they identified him as a the guy they'd like to have. They tried to sign him and couldn't, and they came to the Cardinals and said, hey, any chance that you'd move this guy for uh, this pitcher who was supposed to be a top-five pick in the draft? And the Cardinals said, well, yeah. But uh, the the Rays were the only team that was— in the hunt I, I said the cardinals got rid of the wrong guys tampa aggressively pursued randy quietly but aggressively pursued randy rosarena mm-hmm.
6: my bird watch is going to be brendan donovan look i'm always going to agree with greg and uh, when somebody sides with lars Newbar being the breakout star that you're going to see in the second half of the season but i honestly think though brendan donovan is going to be the one to watch he's had a great first half of the season he had 284 average, 407 slug, 777 OPS, and it seems like no matter where you put him, he's been very successful. I think that Brendan Donovan makes me feel more comfortable about parting with a position player. When we're talking about guys that you're going to have to move. You're going to have to pro- possibly sweeten the the pot when it comes to starting pitching when you're going to go pursue somebody. It makes you feel a little bit better if you are going to add a position player when you're going out and getting starting pitching that you have Brendan Donovan around. I think his play, especially the first half of the season, and I believe he's going to have an even better second half of the season. I believe his play at the plate and also whatever position you put him in being a true utility player makes you feel a lot more comfortable about parting with some of these possible position players that they're talking about.
3: I agree. And the, the versatility is something that Ali likes, the Cardinals like, and you referenced Tommy Edmond. Yeah. I think the Cardinals like having those guys that can do anything for you. The Swiss Army Knife, and yeah. then you add in his offensive prowess. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, Donovan is a guy that you, you want to have on your team. He helps I you with
8: yeah, I mean, just the versatility, the ability to play multiple positions yeah. and helps him. Yeah. You know, it, it keeps him on a roster for a long time. And as you said, he's hitting the ball well. Him him playing the way he's been playing, he definitely is someone you don't
3: want really to get rid of. That's your Birdwatch Rush Hour Reset coming up on 101 ESPN.
1: You are back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a rush hour reset.
2: Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf.
3: 906 in St. Louis, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Great to have you with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You can see us on the YouTube. Just go to 101 ESPN STL and you can see all of our local shows from the opening drive to the balloon party to BK and Ferrario through the fast lane until 6 o'clock. Last night in L.A., tough one for St. Louis City SC as they were clean sheeted by LAFC 3-0, snapping a three-game match victory streak for our side as they took the pitch in LA and, and their kids uh, donned their kits mm-hmm. and came away without a tally. Saint <laughs> Louis City SC will play Miami coming up on Sunday over at mm-hmm. City Park and that game can be pl- uh, seen on Apple TV at 7:30 p.m. if you can't make it over it there. Saturday? Saturday. Saturday Saturday, Saturday. So, Saturday, Saturday at sorry. Yep. Does yeah, Messi 15th, travel 15th. with the team or no? That's
5: that's actually it's funny that's kind of been the running joke is like where's where's Messi gonna be staying in St. Louis when he comes with Inter Miami as a uh, you know on the bench next next week but I have he no won't idea be, right? I don't think so.
8: Uh, Brooke, you just mentioned this. Uh, McDonald's is giving away free fries. It's Mac- National Friday.
6: McDonald's yes, National
8: French Friday.
6: McDonald's is giving away free fries. No <laughs> it says purchase Wendy's necessary. Is too. Wait, what?
8: Yeah, McDonald's and Wendy's. CNBC has it on mm. their uh, website there.
6: What about Sonic? McDonald's. I love Sonic fries. Okay.
8: Oh, sorry.
5: Burger King? Please stop calling it McDonald's
6: like that. What? Mac. It's okay. McDonald's. Donald's. What do you
8: want?
3: MC McDonald's. Mac. Is that like Al MacInnis? Mac. Uh, it's we've been saying it wrong all these yes, Mac. Uh-oh. Okay. The grammar
6: police. <laughs> so, police again. Yeah, right.
3: Wee-oo, totally. Wee-oo. So, okay. We've reached <laughs> the most important point of this show today. French fries? Yes. Oh, okay. So, uh, you two. Very health conscious, Matthew mm-hmm. and I—not as much. Okay, <laughs> okay. Are potatoes and specifically French fries good enough for you, so that you get the free ones you're you're chowing down? I think you can. Uh, I think you
8: can um, eat a fry, eat some fries. Okay, it's I don't a think national it's
6: holiday. You yeah. have to celebrate. It's a little yeah. weird not to, right?
8: McDonald's so, still we, has great fries. McDonald's has great fries. I'm I'm partial to curly fries from like Arby's. Arby's. Oh, Ooh, those are good. Man.
6: I think my favorite's McDonald's top. I don't know what they do, but it's really good. Good. And then Chick-fil-A. I love the the waffle fries. fries. That's that's my number one. Yeah. Yeah. And you dip that in the Chick-fil-A.
5: So underrated, no one talks about it.
6: I'm, I know. I
8: had, I'm, old I'm old seasoned fries, fries care I'm with Ooh, you. I haven't you had curly fries in a while. But, so they,
6: but the Raleigh's fries are very different, like in the way that it's they. The, it's the seasoning. No, the I, I the seasoning I'm fine, but like the way that. The they texture? Ta- yeah, the yeah. texture's different, right?
3: They're a little softer, I think. Point of parliamentary procedure here. Yeah. Okay, okay. Are you not afraid of a burger place that charges a dollar for their burger?
6: <laughs> <laughs>
7: not at all. Yours, <laughs> sure, huh?
3: No, I kind of am. Oh. No. Uh, you, I lost trust in McDonald's
5: when they raised the double cheeseburger for like a buck Okay. I lost faith in that. You, I haven't, I don't, I don't, you don't
8: run across I don't, I don't bread. eat McDonald's anymore. I uh-huh. just, yeah. I was thinking more season. rallies. I was thinking the
3: rally. Oh, I well, oh. I'll eat a rally's burger. Yeah. You know, right. I,
6: this I haven't and, had a Rally's burger in so long. Yeah, you know what I used oh, to do? You know, some something
3: that helped me get to 270 pounds back in the day. <laughs> tell us that secret, not the weight loss secret. Tell us how you gained it. (laughs) I'm doing afternoons at KMOX, and I'm covering the Rams, and there's a Jack in the Box right outside of Rams Park, and I would get that ultimate cheeseburger like, oh, doctor. Have that baby three or four times a week, that'll get you to 270 in a blink.
6: Oh, yes. I I remember (laughs) my dad was in this past weekend, and he loves fast food. Not as much anymore, but when I was younger, we would tear up some fast food. We were everywhere. (laughs) And we loved Jack in the Box. They're tacos oh, oh my had, Anybody's God. had the and Jack
8: in the Box fries. tacos? The Jack in the Box tacos Because it's a little yes. crunchy and a little well, he's soft he's That's the the same. Yeah. We the
6: would b- get that in a milkshake This is why Jack yeah,
5: in the Box is uh, so yeah. deadly You had the tacos, you had the curly fries And you could dip them both in the same thing Buttermilk ranch yeah. There's still a Jack Ooh. in the Box open around here I
3: think
7: is There are two room? of
8: them
3: yeah, right by my apartment, yeah. still open. Really? 314 399 yo Open Jack of the Box in the St. Louis metro area on National Fry Day. So we've already determined this. the, the flash, apparently official, uh, free fries at McDonald's, at Wendy's, Wendy's. and at Rallies, Somebody Burger King. Said, and Burger King. Uh, yeah, and many more, right?
8: We yeah. get, just and I, and I think it says no purchase required. Okay. You can just go get so, you some fries. These, somebody's this is the information. That you don't get at other stations. So the, you need to know. <laughs> yeah. So now you know. Via radio. Breaking
3: uh, news. The Clean Station and yeah. uh, Watson, by the way. Okay, he's, he's he's the Clean Station the Jack in the Box. Okay, oh, good. really? Uh, yes. All right, I'll make my way over there.
6: Did they go bankrupt?
3: I don't know if they, they went bankrupt or the local uh, person that owned them. They, that person might have gone bankrupt. I don't think good. Jack in the Box in general went bankrupt.
8: Someone texted in Lion's Choice. Who? who have you ever seen a line at Lion's Choice?
6: Have you ever seen a yes. lion at Lion's? I've,
8: I've been. I've line never open. seen a oh. lion at Lion's Choice.
6: Oh, I think you said lion. No, oh, because lion. They're
5: <laughs> fi- it's because they're efficient, Carrie. They are efficient. Yeah.
6: I mean, I, I don't. I, I, I will are you eat just, there every so, now and then. Are you but saying I, because not that many people want I to go there? Seen, Is that what you are saying? I just
8: don't know how it's how there are a lot of them still around. I don't know many people that that's their choice. <laughs> okay, it's,
3: it's roast beef, by the way. You go over to the one here at two seventy dollars. No, Choice. Uh, I'm not. There goes our Lion's Choice
6: partnership, Carrie. i just wonder who eats. There.
3: <laughs> they, they, they do a really good lunch crowd. Matthew eats there, he says. Uh, but here's the thing about Lion's Choice. Number one, they are efficient. Number two, they do have great shakes. But number three, for a roast beef place, they're turkey sandwiches to die no, for. No,
5: the turkey sandwich is amazing. Also, carry apparently,
8: and you, buns. You,
3: you are just
5: poking bears today and starting fights. Apparently, Moon from 105.7 The Point, The Riz Show. Apparently he has a Lion's Choice tattoo he loves so really? much. So you guys oh. might have to have a little, oh God, little discussion little about this I, here. I just,
8: I'm just wondering. And and Rock is a potbelly guy. He... he. Potbelly's he, strong, man. I, I, I love it too. They have yeah. like the little I've shakes with the cookie they put a... oh.
3: up. Guy, my guy Rob yeah. down yeah. a potbelly it's, here. Yeah, It's
5: right down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's good. They I, have I get, a good
6: turkey yeah.
10: sandwich. I get it two
5: or three Delicious. times a week because I'm here cutting audience. and stuff.
3: Brooke, they used to have a ready character sandwich back in Did they really? Really? Yeah. What was it? Give me. The details. It was loaded up with double turkey, black olives, lettuce, tomato, and ranch. I'm really, the,
5: I'm a sucker for the mm. Italian. It
6: was, hmm. where, where would there be a carry sandwich at? Uh, I
3: don't know. I probably Chick Fil A.
8: If I were, <laughs> if I were <laughs> choosing, it, yep. it would be a Chick Fil A sandwich. My yeah. guy Dave Bruce up a Chick Fil A to pair Yeah. Or they, they listen honestly, to us. It's, uh, we're, we're on in the kitchen. Honestly, if I were, Hi guys. if I were. You gals. It would be first watch because I it was some something at first watch a breakfast a meal I could put I'm I'm there often Carrie the one in St. Peters they know me by name. hey Carrie how's it going hey
3: everybody else my own booth everybody else that makes pancakes (laughs) in the world I I have a great appreciation for you but nobody makes a better giant chip chocolate chip pancake than my friends at first watch yes Mm.
8: and they have the best coffee in. The world and it's hot.
3: It is. That's Im- that's time. important. That and is very is important. So, so there is uh, your. your <laughs> that's your. Uh, what's the name of that segment that we supposed to be Rush Reset. Russia reset on the topic uh, for today. A, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> National Friday. That's the most important thing. It is. Uh, the St. Louis City SC National Friday. Cards and uh, Nationals tomorrow as the Cardinals start off a twenty and six run to begin the second half of the season. You heard it here first but we aren't keeping the tape. (laughs) Coming up next, the Blues won the Stanley Cup. And on Championship Week, we're going to revisit 2019 with former and current Blues, Sammy Blay, who's next on 101 ESPN.
2: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Blues have the puck, Thomas off the wall.
9: Shoots, and it's in, they score! It's the St. Louis'
3: Pat Maroon. Get on your feet, freeze them high. Five seconds to go, and the time winds down. They did it! It's over! The game is over! The series is over! The wait is over! And the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions for the first time in franchise history! The last championship four years ago. The Blues knocking off the Boston Bruins in Game 7 in Boston. And what a time it was. You think about the weight and the angst that blues fans went through for 52 years before winning that. And it was like a weight lifted off blues fans shoulders. It was not unlike Cubs fans in 2016 or Red Sox fans in 2004. It really was amazing. And I have to believe that we here in St. Louis have a greater appreciation of our first Stanley cup championship than for example, taking nothing away from Vegas, but when you do it in your sixth year, it's yeah. kind of like, okay, you know, th- there wasn't much pain. They went to the finals in their first year. They made the playoffs <laughs> in four of their first five years. We had to endure a lot of pain here in St. Louis to win a Stanley Cup.
6: I agree. I think you should have to endure pain for a decent period of time, maybe over 10 years.
3: I think so. I think that's fair.
8: Yeah. To, to appreciate it? Yes. Uh, for fans, maybe. I, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, okay. For Not fans. Players. Yeah, p- no, of course no, 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 the players p- won. Well, <laughs> First year, second year, third year, every year is fine. But the fans,
6: yeah. I I always honestly assumed before moving here that St. Louis had won a Stanley Cup because of the history and just knowing the history of players who have been through here and to be able to be there for that moment when they finally won a Stanley Cup, knowing back home and just hearing from people how much it affected everyone, it, it was such an incredible thing to be a part of and just witness. And I, I don't think it's gonna. I don't think you're going to have to wait that long for another Stanley Cup. I know I was saying earlier. If we we'll do, going to be loose. around for it.
8: Another 50? <laughs> yeah. 60? No, we'll just, 70, we'll
6: give 70. you, uh, you know, the tuna can head. <laughs> oh, yeah. the old Ted Williams. Okay, good. Oh, no. You have to do that so that just in case you just have to wait that long. Just in case
3: they can be around for another around for another one. championship. Right. But it's amazing to me because... We are used to Cardinal championships, mm-hmm. right? My first Cardinal championship was when I was 20. Everybody who's turned 25 in St. Louis that's been a Cardinal fan has a championship for themselves. So many people lived and died before the Blues won their championship. And so there were a lot of people that cried, that that spilled tears of joy when mm-hmm. the Blues won. I'm sure we'll get a lot of texts from people that said that they were just so emotional that when, when the Blues won that they cried and it really was, it was a different moment than when the Rams won in their fifth year here, so 95, 96, 97, 98, 99. We really didn't have to suffer that much as a Rams fan base, yeah. Now we did with the football Cardinals 28 years without a home playoff game, but in that particular instance we were kind of like, we were entitled spoiled fans like the fans in Vegas are right now. It's it. it that expectation was built in a hurry.
8: Yeah, that St. Louis Rams team gave you a lot of hope. I mean, it it, mm. it happened very quickly and, and that run was some of the best football in football yeah. history. The way that they ran ninety nine and, and to two thousand and three when it right. when it really ended, that four year span was some of the best football you would ever see in, in that type of span. And we had
3: to savor, and I hope we did that championship that the Blues won. I know Blues fans did. But because it's so fragile. And we thought that it was a five-year window. And it, I guess it wound up being. But when Armstrong announced the trade of Ryan O'Reilly, he said, this opens a five-year window for us to win a Stanley Cup. And then they did. So you have 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. The five-year window is closed mm-hmm. now. And when you look at what happened, for example, Brooke, with the Predators, when they went to the Stanley Cup finals, when the the Sharks went to the Stanley Cup finals, when the Rangers recently went to the Stanley Cup finals, Man, you gotta win that thing because it's just so fragile
6: yeah i I'm curious because obviously I wasn't here for when the Rams won or even the Cardinals. What was the experience like difference wise from the fan reaction when it came to World Series, Rams winning, and blues winning?
3: The Rams thing was just so unexpected and everybody jumped on board because the team was so spectacular really good and and you had so many unbelievable stories with the Blues because they had come from last and basically the Cardinals in 11 too. both of those teams come from nowhere so it was kind of like a shooting star Mm -hmm. for the Cardinals it was basically September and October but we didn't I don't think most people believed in the Cardinals until The last week of the regular season. And the Blues, it was after the 11-game winning streak. But with the Rams, because they won game one and Kurt was so spectacular, and then we have the who is this guy, Sports Illustrated cover the town totally bought in and every business bought in. it was just different and it it's the NFL and it was and we had never experienced that before and it was spectacular so I, I would say that because it was a longer build-up the Rams in 99 were bigger than the Cardinals in 06 or 11 or the Blues, simply because it was a season-long event. And, and I
8: think it's also because they had so many superstars. You mm-hmm. had so many Hall of Famers on that team. When you look at other rosters that won championships, you, no matter what sport, you don't find six, seven guys that are, are Hall of Fame Hall of Famers or Hall of Fame worthy mm-hmm. like that Rams team did. That team was spectacular with a lot of talent. Generational talent. Guys like Marshall Falk who, who some argue is a top five running back to ever play the game. Kurt Warner, his story Isaac Bruce Isaac Keene Tory Holt you got all of that talent and it just was electric for the city to see those guys and then you also we can also talk about the 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 birth of Nellie which also yep. also yep. helped with that <laughs> yeah. I mean the 99 2000 when Nellie came on he's doing videos with the Rams that brought the hip-hop and the sports culture together in the city of st. Louis and now everyone is really tuned in
3: yeah and one of the common denominators among all those championship teams on championship week is that there were just so many likable people. The Rams team, the Blues team, we all know O'Reilly and Maroon and Petro, a likable guy, and the, the kids that were on that team, guys like Sammy Blay, who we missed out on this morning, and Robert Thomas, and just a, a lot of really likable people. The, the Gunnarsson story in the after Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Finals. Pat Maroon. Pat Maroon. There's so many great Jordan stories. Jordan Bennington. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. You can't
6: forget about Jordan, Jordan Bennington, Bennington. And that's right. why yeah.
3: on the side of the highway after
8: they won. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, well, this guy is yeah. like the president now. He, it was. That, those are, are great stories, and generally when you win championship, you have those great stories that come out.
3: Yeah, and so we've been lucky here when you go back... Back to 99, and so 24 years, we've had championships in all of the major sports that we've had except for soccer, and we're going to have that before you know it. But to have two in baseball, one in football, one in hockey, pretty cool for us.
6: I think the city as could be coming very soon.
3: I think so, too. I'm, I'm with you on that. As long as we don't have to play LAFC in the first round Just of the
6: playoffs. Just not during the week. Yeah, that's sure. true. Let's Figure get them on, on a
3: Saturday. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, the commissioner of baseball says he doesn't want to do what the union wants and extend the pitch clock for the pennant race and the postseason. Is that the right approach? That's next on 101 ESPN.
2: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: Carrie and Randy, and uh, guys, I, admittedly, I haven't been doing the sports thing that long. So I got to ask you some guys. I've got 40, I've got 40, yeah, 40 years. Yeah. I got to ask you guys some questions. So, like, NBA playoffs, because I don't pay really close attention. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do they change the, the shot clock from 24 mm-hmm. to 30 seconds? No, no. no. NFL, Carrie, you, play, you played in the Super Bowl. Did they change the play clock like from no. 25 to 45 seconds? At the same
6: time, mm-hmm. the entire season. Yep. Okay, okay. That makes sense. Uh, well, uh, I don't
3: know, Brooke. Because the Major League Baseball Players Association, <laughs> which agreed to these new rules that include a pitch clock for pitchers, want the pitch clock extended for the postseason. Rob Manfred, the, the commissioner of baseball, says that while well, he understands it's a possibility that the clock negatively impacts a postseason game, he said in general you got to play the postseason that you play the re- the way that you play the regular season. I'm not the biggest Rob Manfred fan in the world, but I do agree with that. I think. For as many aspects of the game as you can, you should keep it the same. Now, I don't like the the ghost runner to start extra innings, but I get where they're coming from. They don't want 20 inning games. That's why they have the ghost runner. Should you have the ghost runner at second base for postseason games? No. But... You've played 162 games with the pitch clock at 15 seconds. Why should you change it to 18 seconds for the postseason? I don't understand why players feel the necessity to need to think more once the postseason arrives.
6: You see, I was a little confused because at first when I heard about these discussions, I thought they were talking about for next season that they were going to be looking into changing that. But when I heard that it, they were specifically looking at playoffs, I was like, i why? If you've been doing something this entire way during the regular season, wouldn't it throw you off more to do something differently than what you've been doing during the regular season? Especially if you're a hitter.
3: Yeah, I would think. Yeah.
8: Well, I think this would be more so for the pitchers. They they I want a little bit more pitchers. time. They yeah. want to be able to uh, get back to their old ways. I guess I, I'm not. I, I agree with you, Randy. They, I don't think they need to change the clock to, to make it more comfortable for pitchers wanting a few more seconds to decide which pitch they want to throw. It's a high leverage situation. Every moment in the playoffs is each pitch matters. And so obviously they are thinking about how it's going to impact them in their playoff run. If they, don't throw the right pitch at the right time if they feel
3: rushed. And Scott Boris, who would like to be the commissioner of baseball, apparently, or thinks he is, <laughs> said in the postseason there clearly should be no pitch clock. It's the moment, the big moment. They need to reflect. They need more time. It's a different scenario than the regular season, and we do not want their performances rushed. So what he, he's he doesn't saying, want their performances yeah, rushed. Exactly. He, he, he is on board with the four and a half hour game. I am never on board with a four and a half hour game that starts at seven o'clock St. Louis time. Just am not and won't be. And baseball has done the right thing. And one thing that Scott Boris, I wish he understood this. Maybe he does and he just is being up he's obfuscating here. You like that? <laughs> Maybe Scott Boris doesn't realize that in the baseball rule book, and this is a smart baseball guy the pitch clock has always been there, but it's never been enforced. Mm. And maybe he should have told his legion of great players look, there's a rule in the rule book that right. you should have told Max Scherzer, there's a rule in the rule book. You have to abide by the rules here. But apparently he didn't. Abide by the rules? What?
6: Someone no. so from the 314 that, said, Can you imagine the last striker ball of the World Series being called because of a pitch clock violation?
8: Well, I don't think that would happen. Because it's up to the umpire's It'd be a great discretion, story, right? Still. <laughs> i I don't, I don't think that would happen unless it's just an egregious amount of time being spent. Like you, you take another fifteen seconds after the pitch clock is, uh, is it has, has expired. I don't think it'll happen. Because I know, I think the umpires understand the weight of the game as well. They want to be a part of it, but not be a part of it, if that makes sense. They, they're they there to in, enforce the rules, yeah. make sure everyone is abiding by them, but they don't necessarily want to be in the game. So I don't think a scenario like that would happen. But again, it's on the pitchers and the hitters to do their job. If there's a, a rule in place, you should follow the rule.
3: It's that simple, and it shouldn't be that difficult. With all due respect to the intelligence of the pitchers, it should not be that difficult to determine what kind of pitch you're going to throw from the time you get the ball in your glove mm. for 15 seconds. It shouldn't be that hard. Really, Randy? I don't- you're telling me that a pitcher
8: should know what pitch he wants to throw in a certain scenario versus a certain it's, batter?
6: It's wild, right? <laughs> he should That's- know. I, 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 it's a wild thought. I know. Wow. I
8: thought I, I, this whole time, <laughs> I thought the catcher had to make that decision for them, and it was solely his responsibility. You I never they? knew that the pitcher could actually have a voice or a choice in this. thought they were just, you know. Isn't that amazing? That's nuts. Randy,
3: who made these rules? When did this rule come up? Did it just happen this year? No, this like happened in 1876, Kerry. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. It's I, no, you
8: learn something new every day, and this yes. is, this is so, new news for me. I, I get... This is
6: very yeah, brand new. Uh,
3: brand new. The, the Major League Baseball Players Association wants to get some of their juice back because they, were the most, they are still the most powerful union in sports, but they want to have complete power, and I'm sure that they want to get any little crumb of power back. Hmm. But I don't think this is a hill to die on, all due respect to Matthew Rocchio, because, like we said, in the NBA... You you aren't changing the rules with going from a 24-second shot clock to a 30 so people can figure out what their best shot is. (laughs) In the NFL, you aren't giving coaches and players more time. You are going from a, a 25 second to a 35 second play clock so that coaches and players have more time to figure out what the best play is. Yeah. Part of strategy is being able to determine what you're going to be do in a pressure situation and make duress. yourself comfortable yeah. in uncomfortable situations. Yes,
6: And I, and I agree. I think that if there's any rule that you could point to that says that that could change the trajectory of a game, especially in the playoffs, it would be the extra inning rule, which you're not even worrying about that. But during the playoffs, I I just don't think the pitch clock is something that could you could say changes the trajectory of a game. I just don't. And they and also did you guys see that they put out some of the numbers they've seen from the first half of attendance going up? Seventy seven percent of clubs are registering attendance increases. They're also seeing a median age of ticket buyers this season is six years young younger than twenty nineteen. There's been some benefits to this.
3: Absolutely, it's a better game. It's definitely for me, and I. It's easier to yeah. watch. It's a Especially more watchable when you're at game. Home. Yeah, yeah. It,
8: it goes much faster. Like I said before. You could go <clears throat> grab something from the kitchen, use the restroom, and, and they might not even be done with the se- with, with onto the next batter. Now you might be you might miss the whole half inning if you if you walk away for a few minutes. That
3: happened to me in the Australian <laughs> the other night.
8: I went downstairs to get a Propel, I come back up and Diaz is hit the home you, there run. There you go. Yeah, it, it's 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 very fast.
3: Yeah, so I I, I kind of like it. So I hope that Rob Manfred holds his ground, and I think he will, uh, because. I think that that same power that the union wants to get back, I think Manfred likes having it. And I think if for no other reason, I think the baseball part of it, the optics are not as big a part of this as him hanging on to every little ounce of power that he has. And he does say, I, I, when he says, I understand that a game might change on a pitch clock violation, that tells me they aren't changing a darn yeah. thing.
6: There you go. No. And maybe they revisit it during the offseason, but I just don't think that during the playoffs is when you change that or get away from what you've already accomplished during the regular season.
3: No, exactly. That's Brooke. That's Carrie. I'm Randy. Coming up, we're going to head down the stretch with Rock and Roll here on 101 ESPN. You're
1: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. (laughs)
1: Let's rock, let's rock today.
3: To rock and roll in a moment. We're also going to give away some Bud Bash ticket giveaways. Yes, sir. Did you
8: put a sweatshirt on? I did. I had this on <laughs> earlier because when it rained
3: last night...
7: Oh, <laughs> I was losing my mind.
3: I, I, I went... What? See, because I had the oh, baby okay. blue there he, golf I know shirt. I'm not, it's all baby I know blue. That's what it was. Okay. So when it rained last night, I figured it might be 30 degrees when we got into oh, the studio oh, right, this morning, yeah, so I brought a pullover with yeah, me. You know how that and does. And then when I came in, it was 90 degrees in the studio. It, it cooled off It does. Somebody puts
6: here. on the heat Yeah. In so here.
3: a couple of things. Number one, I mentioned last segment about the previous pitch clock rule. This is from the 2018 Major League Baseball rulebook. When the bases are unoccupied, the pitcher shall deliver the ball to the batter within 12 seconds after he receives the ball. Each time the pitcher delays the game by, by violating this rule, the umpire shall call ball. So... Ooh. It was twelve seconds, and it was in the rule book, and nobody ever did it. And pitchers were taking thirty and forty seconds, so now they make a new rule where it's fifteen seconds. In the the they're losing their minds, and the union is upset. What would have happened if baseball would have said, "You know what? We're just going to go with the rule that's in the rule book"? They would have really
8: lost their mind. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of like a free throw violation. You know, you get ten seconds from the time mm-hmm. you get the basketball at the free throw line. Hey, people, they started yeah. counting for Giannis. He would get to yeah, up right? fifteen.
3: That was, funny. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. So it was twelve, and now it's fifteen. For the pitchers. Also, we've got your chance to win a four-pack of tickets to next Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash for the Cardinals and the Marlins. Next week's Bud Bash game features a limited edition Brad Thompson bobblehead. Get all the details on this season's series of Budweiser Bash Cardinals games now at cardinals.com slash promotions. But you can text in now and answer this trivia question, 314-399-9646, 314 314-399- 399 to win Budweiser Bash tickets for the Cardinals versus Marlins. Brad Thompson's the bobblehead for the Tuesday night Bud Bash. Okay, here's the question. And if you've listened to BT for a long time, you know the answer. What batter with more than one at-bat against Brad Thompson has the highest career OPS against him, which is 5,000, the highest OPS you can have?
6: That's what what (laughs) What? you talked to him about that one day, I think. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Really?
3: What batter? with more than one at-bat against B.T., has the highest career OPS against him, the highest you can have, 5,000. A a 5,000 OPS against B.T. (laughs) Texter number 22 will be the one that gets the four-pack of tickets to next Tuesday night's Budweiser Bash for the Cardinals versus Marlins. All
5: right. Matthew Rocchio, what do you got for us? Well, I needed to follow up on a story that Carrie brought up yesterday. I believe it was uh, your take or leave it, Carrie, when mm-hmm. Victor Wembenyana uh, talked about how the game is much more physical over in France compared to the American game. Yeah. Well, uh, Doug Gottlieb, who I usually don't really agree with very much, actually I thought made a great argument kind of explaining why he thinks that Victor Wembenyana's point isn't actually all that it crazy. It wasn't a
3: great argument. It was a hot take.
10: Okay, there you go. All,
3: good, all due respect to the guy.
10: But the point should be well taken. Like, you are kind of commenting on something that you haven't really seen. On the other hand, he is right, right? Like, there's, when you have better athletes, it's, by design, it's supposed to be less physical. Because, go back to the early 2000s, when Jordan retired, it was crazy physical. Scores were in the 70s and 80s, and everybody's like, dude, we got to stop this, because nobody wants to watch an NBA game where somebody scores, you know, in the 70s and wins that's not a good watch so by design he's right but he might it's right message probably wrong messenger and it's also a classic case of you know we just read the quote and don't listen to the context his context was best athletes in the world I like this better a lot more space but there it's more on the ground boxing out and oh yeah by the way they don't have a legal defense so you have real zones Uh, The big guys are a lot more physical, and a lot of the the, the national players are more physical because they're not as athletic, and you have to make up for that lack of athleticism by banging on somebody's body. Mm, That's cool. It's also summer league. <laughs> so. Well,
5: that's, I don't think I don't think Wemby's only talking about like what he experienced in summer league. The he guy's been watching; games, he's man. been watching the NBA watching his entire life. Than, yeah, he I'm played two games. That. He played two games, and, and that's what Doug's Doug saying. Two summer league, games. and Doug's saying he's the wrong person to make this point, but that doesn't change what Doug's saying the about made the facts of how basketball is being played in France and how basketball is being played in the NBA. I understand
8: the, the the premise of what Doug is saying in terms of when you have better athletes, you got guys that can move and and are you know obviously more athletic and not having to be clunky and bump into you and be as physical because they can avoid right they can avoid you I, i've i've played with some non-athletic people and they fall all the time and you got to make sure you don't get rolled up on that that's a true thing but what i'm saying is it's the summer league and playoff basketball i'm sure is extremely physical there's going to be a point where he's going to feel that physicality and realize you know what I may have misspoken. I, I may have spoke out of turn at this point because now, also, I mean, if I'm a if I'm a big, and Victor wimbinyama wants to come down there and try to rebound, you think I'm not going to box him out? I'm going to put my body on. Who was who that that you just showed me a little while
6: ago? Uh, I, I forgot. Oh, I'm trying to remember who it was. Either way,
8: we're gonna we're gonna see guys be physical and box bodies out. That's that's what they should do. And you're gonna feel you're gonna feel some of that. That's just my opinion. It, it, again, it's the summer league.
6: It just too. sets you up, to to be, like, roasted at different points of the season mm-hmm. when you— Is not great. I don't know. Especially in this day and age of social media, people hang on to that for eternity.
3: People are—you're right, CD. He's going to— Jalen
6: Williams. Yeah. Williams.
3: Anybody Jaylen. who is moderately physical is going to physical him up, right?
6: Yeah.
3: Why not? Yeah.
6: After hearing that, see. you gave you gave yeah. them bulletin board material, mm-hmm. basically.
5: That's where he made a mistake.
6: <laughs> yes. And
8: he, it, that's going to be the problem. The, the the how it comes up. This is easy. This right. is nothing. This yeah. is this is so, light. So work. let me
6: get this straight. This summer he's battled with Britney Spears, yep. and now mm-hmm. he's saying that the NBA isn't physical. Yep. He's given a lot of people a lot to work oh, with. That's, a that's a tough.
5: Also, also, there's no uh, here's the thing. <laughs> it might be more physical, but. I don't know how Doug Gottlieb is going to get off saying that, that it's more space in the NBA when the court is literally wider in European basketball. Like there's literally more spacing in European basketball. There's like it's slightly less because they don't have a corner three. So it takes away that aspect of it. But like it's a wider court. And he's been taking advantage of that his entire career, so yeah i mean there's there's pl- here's the like, thing it might not be the nineties, there might not be the big men of then, but there's not like there's no seven footers who are two hundred and eighty pounds in the nBA anymore
3: and I think one of the problems Stephen that Anthony. we have as a society is that we give Doug Gottlieb credibility oh. <laughs> Okay. I, didn't realize I, I didn't know I didn't, you were going there either. I'm not the biggest fan. Yeah, I didn't realize I like
10: you were not
5: a big fan of Mr. Gottlieb <laughs> either. I like okay, it. then, Randy. I, I well, that. well, somebody who is a opinion we will respect is Brad from Maryland Maryland Heights. Brad from Maryland Heights, who is the... Uh, I'm sorry. Maryville, Illinois. Excuse a in, in, know, me. Maryville, a Illinois. I'm getting information from the thing. Maryville, Illinois. Brad
8: was the when you do that, they don't know you're looking at Ryder and talking and listening yeah. to Ryder.
5: Well, was yeah. Ryder Yeah, if everyone... The, if yeah, so behind Carrie <laughs> <laughs> is where our executive producer sits. Oh, and so you like, can uh, see him <laughs> kind of behind his little... And his little
6: hides
7: film, now. He, yeah, he, yeah, he, his, he, his little, like, film hey, they put over the uh,
5: windows. So. so Mike's talking to me in my ear, and I'm trying to talk and hear other people at the same time. It kind of looks like we have voices. I heard Marilyn Heights. It's Maryville, Illinois. Brad from Maryville, Illinois. He knew that this player has that 5,000 OPS against Brad Thompson. Ball, long nice.
3: fly ball, and it's on the way up with this long shot off the scoreboard. Wow, Russell Brannion.
10: We mentioned it when he hits him, he can hit him a long way. How about that one? Hit it off his face out there. My goodness. <laughs> so
3: yeah, there it Russell is. Brannion is the only guy with more than one at bat against Brad Thompson, who has an at, mm-hmm. uh, an OPS of five thousand. How do you? And there's how, one how of the at bats.
5: Dan talked about how high it was four different yeah. times in the clip.
3: I think he's got a walk and two home runs, and that's it. Oh, and okay. three plate appearances. A
5: walk
8: and two home runs? Oh, yeah. okay. That's pretty impressive. It is pretty impressive. It was the walk after the two home runs? That okay, would I hope be... so. <laughs> that would make I more also, sense. That may, makes a little bit more sense, no doubt about it. No way in hell I'm throwing this over the plate near this guy. <laughs> yeah,
6: right.
3: So it's a beautiful thing. All right. So is that it for rock and roll? <laughs> that's it for rock and roll. All right. <laughs>
6: They'll do it. That yeah, do it. it will.
3: <laughs> uh, tomorrow the Cardinals are back in action, and I'll be interested to see guys and gal whether or not the the time off benefits the Cardinals. And I've given this stat before. I don't think it's going to apply this year. But in the last six years before the All Star break, the Cardinals have played 505 ball. After the All Star break, they've played 597 ball. They might get a little bit better. But my advice would be and I mentioned this the other day, when the team is out of it, don't necessarily believe what you see. If if the Cardinals in their last 70 games, if they go, that would be 40 and 30, if they go 10 games over 500, I'm not necessarily going to take that as what I expect them to be in 2024 because this is not what we normally see. The Cardinals are not going to be playing with the level of intensity of a pennant race that they normally play with and... So I'm not going to buy into what I see. If they continue along this path and they wind up going 72 and 90, I think that's probably more in line, even if they go 75 and 86, that's more in line with what do they, would that be right? 75 and eight, whatever. However, if they win 75 Mm -hmm. games, that's more in line with the, the quality of this team, not necessarily the players, but the way they're playing.
5: And I just want to get everyone's predictions correct. If they do go 20 and 5, Carrie, you're you're in on the Cardinals. 26. are right. Six. 20 and six, sorry. You're in on the Cardinals? No. You're not in the Cardinals. Unless they go. So if they what go did I eight, say? If they go 18, 18 and, two, and 2, but then, then, then they go 2, two and 4, four yeah, you're good? I mean, it seems you're being a little stubborn.
8: I might be. Okay. I have we met? How you doing? I'm Carrie. Thanks. No
7: problem.
3: Great job today by our producer, audio engineer, one Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, this has been another fun day. Happy Friday yes. Eve to you.
6: It is Friday. You're going to
3: be out tomorrow. I am out tomorrow. It's it's, uh, yeah. It's Thursday for me. I have a doctor's appointment, and I could only get in at a certain time, and I didn't want to leave you guys early, so I thought, you know what, I'll I'll sleep until uh, six (laughs) thirty tomorrow. Wow. (laughs) And wake but you up. get you a three day weekend that you, you yeah we, we clamor for those <laughs> right yeah and yeah. a three
8: three day work week and a four day work week Randy you're you're I'm on a roll you're doing things right around here <laughs> <you. laughs>
3: that means next week we're looking at a five <laughs>
8: hey plus an extra hour gonna, I'm sure we're gonna
3: have to change that <laughs> yeah so CD doing great good. job, I bears bears uh, you guys have fun tomorrow we'll and do. Uh, for all of us until tomorrow morning at seven you have a great day St Louis that's right.